Now you listen here. This here movie was all right and all, but I just can't help but feel like it was yet another movie ruined by that woke agenda. You know what I mean? They have to have a girl be the one that's in power in this. Oh. Megan. Uh-huh. What she? She's a robot. They could have made her a man, but instead they made her a woman uh-huh. just because they's, they's woke. They're ready to go woke okay. and go broke. <laughs> it's the that's why... I'm I'm partnering with my fellers at Fox News to make Mangan, which is an alternative that's Man-gan. not for the libtards. Yeah, Mangan. <laughs> it's it's a it's a man robot. Mangan. Yeah, I mm-hmm. I couldn't so, connect with this movie because I didn't see myself in Megan. But if I seen a Mangan, I could be like, hell yeah, brother. Give that robot a big old hearty dick, and now I can connect with it. Hearty dick, you say? Oh, yeah, just like mine, hearty. I have to guess that Mangan is is definitely uh, not going to listen to your problems. Uh, it's probably going <laughs> to tell you to suck it up and uh, call you a snowflake. Fuck your feelings. Fuck your feelings. Fuck your yeah. feelings. Uh, mm, that's you- what Mangan says. It wakes you up with a purple nurple, like just terrible, terrible. I think whenever you talk to Mangan about, oh, Mangan, my mom and daddy died in that car crash. Could you sing me a song? Uh-huh. I think Mangan goes, bow with the bow, the dang, the dang, diggy, diggy. <laughs> it just gets you so fired up. You ain't worried about your dead parents no more. Hell yeah, Mangan. You know just how to get me out of my feelings. <laughs> Hell man yeah. Mangan <laughs> sounds pretty awesome. I mean, But sucks, it comes it but comes it equipped with fun. like an auto destroy Budweiser cans feature too. So like there's a scene where Mangan's in the God. grocery store and they go down the beer aisle and it's just like terminate, terminate. <laughs> I hate these cans. Oh, Jesus. Oh, man. Kid Rock approved. (laughs) (laughs) Man gan. Oh, Lord. Yeah. Yeah. These ideas and more here on the newest installment of Dead and Lovely, your favorite horror movie review podcast with the host of the most. It's me, your good buddy, Uncle Ben. And me, your bad buddy, Hollywood Steve. Ooh, ooh. Let's go burn down a shed. I think I've done that oh, one before. Oh, you know he's bad. <laughs> he's bad. He burns down a shed. I'm going to take, <laughs> take a second take here on this one. Uh, 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 let's go uh, uh, let the airs out of your dad's tires. Ooh, that's rough. Yeah. I think it's that airs mm. there. This is my voice yeah, now. That- this is how I talk. Damn, dude. Wow. Yeah. You sound pretty masculine today, dude. Have you had a very masculine, like, machismo kind of week? I got punched in the throat. Wow. <laughs> yeah. All right, brother. Damn. You had a big one this week, did you? Ah, uh, no. Nah. Uh, we've had a pretty relaxed week, actually. Uh, it's been great, okay. but pretty relaxed. Didn't get punched in the throat, as I, as I previously said. That was a lie for humor times. I'll tell you, I didn't get punched in the throat, but I did get punched in the dick by the irs this week because i did my fucking taxes and holy shit did it ever hurt me in all of my feelings god (laughs) damn it i'll tell you though man i think my wife she's got the right plan where i think whenever you fill out your taxes and you pay in all that fucking money to the government i wish that there could be like a poll that you fill out where you're like i want this much to go towards education i want to fund this and that and this and that 
it might reflect the way that we actually want to live our lives as Americans rather than just letting other people decide what to do with our money that they decided that we owe them. I don't know. I would like it if our tax dollars went to something but like good. I want to give all my money for taffy for orphans and funding of dentists. It's just a self-perpetuating cycle. <laughs> I mean, do you think about all the, the taffyless orphans out there right now, dude? Think about how much happier they'd be if they just had some taffy to chaw on. I mean, yeah, yeah. But then, you know, teeth. Teeth. You know that thing. Yeah. You gotta keep them. But then dentists teeth. get work. It creates jobs, Steve. <laughs> Capitalism. All right. Yeah. <laughs> It totally works, dude. It totally works. Sure. You know, on today's episode, we're going to be talking about Megan, by the way. uh, Mithrigan. Mithrigan, we're going to be talking about. Mithrigan. Yeah. Uh, If you just want to skip to the movie review portion, there's a timestamp for you in the podcast description. Of course, we're (laughs) clearly going to be talking about uh, everything else other than this movie as we do every episode. Throat punches for sure. We're just going to talk about them. Throat punches. 10, 15 minutes. Orphans. Mathrigan, all that stuff. So, yeah, if you want to get straight to the movie talk, just uh, use that timestamp and stuff. Uh, I forgot to mention that earlier. I've had myself, uh, you know, once again, continuing some pretty pretty intense work streak this week. There's a, a lot of plates of spinning over here in this here household, and I've just been fucking spinning the damn dog shit out of them. I'll tell you what. Oh, spinning yeah. on the left, spinning on the right. I'm spinning above. I'm spinning below. Them <laughs> plates are just fucking full speed ahead. I'll tell you that. Is it? I mean, okay, so, yeah, you're using both feet and then hands. Uh-huh. And you got one on your nose or your chin. Mm-hmm. I got a plate spinning on the dick. Mm-hmm. <laughs> One on each titty. <laughs> one on each ball. The old titty plates. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Great. Mm-hmm. How oh, do you yeah. do that? Yep. I- do you got anybody helping you like set these up or you're just like, you do it all yourself? I would say I do it with skill, precision, okay. and grace. That's Listen, I am impressed. <laughs> so God. You should be. TCB, baby. TCB over here, man. But I have had time to watch myself a couple of a movie this week, and I've seen some really good stuff, and I've seen some really not good stuff, Steve. (laughs) Well, uh, let's start with the good stuff. What what was the good? Okay. We watched ourselves a Reservoir Dogs the other day. Reservoir! Yeah. So, like... Last week, we watched uh, Pulp Fiction, because uh-huh. at some point, at least every month, Pulp Fiction is just on in this house. Oh, and, okay. Like, even though I've seen it a million times, I still watch it, and I'm like, damn, like, if you watch this when it, when it came out, and it was in theaters, like, this had to just blow your mind with how crazy it was, and how, like, how crass it was, and shit, and it had been years and years since I've watched Reservoir Dogs. Like, it's been a long time. I bet I've probably only seen that movie maybe twice honestly. Oh, really? Um, I like it a lot, but I've just never really watched it that many times. So we put that on the other night, and boy howdy, that is a coarse movie. I'll tell you what, dude. (laughs) Vulgar. It is coarse. (laughs) Like, there is so much, like, just brutally racist and extremely misogynistic stuff in this movie. I mean, it's one of those, like, fine lines where you're like, I don't know if I'm supposed to think this is cool or just be like, well, these are bad people. They're terrible people. So they, are. they would talk like that. Like, mm-hmm. 
It's a fine line that I don't know which side of it I'm supposed to be seeing. It's a damn good movie, but holy shit, like, I forgot how fucking rough it is. Yeah, yeah, it's... It is. I mean, it... They're not supposed to be likable. It was always weird to me that people liked the character. Like, they wanted to be like the character. It's like, they're absolute... You shouldn't. Pieces of shit. They are terrible individuals and assholes. I mean, like, just why would you want to be like them? So, yeah, it's it's a rough watch. Uh, I feel like even even like in the 90s and a a, I guess, less culturally sensitive time, it still stood out as like, wow, like Jesus Christ. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I know, man. Yeah. But you know what? When the movie starts off and you've got fucking Steve Buscemi, as I like to say, <laughs> as I like to pronounce, and he, you know, uh, just makes that statement that he doesn't tip, that should be your clue yeah. that, like, oh, these are terrible people. This guy right. doesn't tip waiters. Okay, <laughs> and by the way, that's, he's the worst, right? Because even the rest of the people are like, what the fuck? You don't tip? Like... <laughs> right? Like, that is a common line Isn't amongst that? these bunch of just fucking thieves and yeah. horrible, horrible humans. They're like, wait, you don't tip, though? You're this a piece is young, of shit. This is young, broke Quentin Tarantino setting up that, like, even the worst assholes in the world know you're supposed to tip. So what the fuck is wrong right. with you if you don't tip? Like, what are you doing? Yeah. Yeah, right? Yeah. I, I mean, I, I I agree with you. It's a hard watch. I I also haven't seen it a ton of times, but yeah, it just doesn't. It's not like the fun of Pulp Fiction, or even you know, uh, Pulp Fiction still has some comedy to it, some comedic beats, and Reservoir Dogs is not a lot of that. <laughs> not a lot of that. Uh, but it but is. Man, I mean, it it's is, well constructed. It is dope. Yeah, it's great. It's a great movie. Yeah, definitely, man. Um, another good one we watched the other day, man. We watched some dang old Roadhouse because I'm crazy about Swayze. Yeah. Holy shit, man! What a fucking blast that it movie is. is! It is, and in fact, I've been wanting to watch it, so probably gonna watch it soon. Because uh, it's fantastic. I seen it in a while, and it is. I grew up watching it all the fucking time because it would come on. I think TBS it used to come on TBS like all the fucking time. Uh, it's great. It's amazing. Yeah, it is a total blast of a movie. But, you know, one thing I noticed about it this time, I've seen that movie a couple of times, Uh but somehow I had never noticed that one of the main thugs in it is fucking Terry Funk. Yeah. (laughs) Terry Funk is in there. What? Terry Funk is in here? Yeah, the Funker, man. (laughs) He's awesome. I love Terry Funk. Like, uh, if you ever see interviews with terry funk like on the dark side of the ring and stuff uh that that one particular about uh i think it was fmw uh where he he's in it throughout like he he's just seems like a cool customer it'd be fun to have a conversation with and hear his stories because he he's wild as hell <laughs> he wouldn't be fun to fight he's oh, on my list of people no. i would rather not ever fight ever <laughs> never. <laughs> what? never once would i want that yeah He's, he's a My list of people that would be fun to fight is very short, it's by the way, in short, case you're yeah. wondering. Like, uh, very short. Somebody dressed up as like a, a, a fluffy bunny or something where it's just like nobody's getting hurt. That'd be fun. I mean, maybe that would be okay. Yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Put that on the list. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, dude, what a what a riot that movie is. I... uh I mean, I know that they're doing this remake and stuff of it, but there's just no way that's going to be any fucking good, right? 
I, I mean, how can it? I'll watch it. I'll watch it. I mean, sure. I'm going to give it a shot. Uh, but how do you reach the absurd? It is, it is like uh, masculinity to its campiest degree, right? Like they, but th- also like wildly homoerotic. I yeah, think intentionally, absolutely, yes, I think so. I think it is meant to be campy and homoerotic. It's meant to be. I believe so. It has to be. Yeah, because Dude, it is. It like- is very much that. <laughs> They're in the middle of a fight, and he grabs him from behind and says, I used to fuck dudes like you in prison. Yes, <laughs> he like, does. Overshare. All right. <laughs> also, um, thanks. Are you are, like, uh, are you offering? I might be interested. I don't know. Swayze? I mean, we can shut this fight down. And I mean, they're, they're fighting on a little beach at night. It is kind of romantic. Yeah, it's, I, I think so. I really do think it is supposed to be campy and homoerotic, and that's why it's great. Uh, if it's not intentional, then... It's great despite that. <laughs> like, if they didn't right? intend it, it's great despite their intentions. Yeah, I have no idea, and I'm happy not knowing, and I really worry that this remake is going to just completely miss the fucking point and either make it, like, way too silly on purpose uh-huh. or way too serious on purpose. It's like, either way, it's a yeah. lose-lose. Just let that movie be what it is, man. I hope they get Terry Funk in it, though. <laughs> I mean, that would be great. Honestly, be. yes. And he yes. would still do all of his own stunts. He'd probably do like harder stuff now. He'd yeah. Be like, he okay. Would. Whenever you whenever you punch me, I have to land on this bed of knives, right? Okay. <laughs> all right. Why not? Fuck, do it. <laughs> yeah, that's great. And uh, you know, on on you know, I'm kind of I'm kind of putting my movies out here on a descending scale. Okay. Um, slightly below. Roadhouse, I'm gonna put that Pinocchio that we watched the other day. Uh, uh, oh, which one? What year was it from? It was from last year. Oh, okay. W- which one was it? The one voiced by Polly Shore, or the one with Tom Hanks, or the one directed <laughs> by Guillermo del Toro? Why did we come out of like a global pandemic uh-huh. and somehow all these movie makers are like, now's the time for a Pinocchio story? Right? Like, what? <laughs> what was in the ether? What was in the collective consciousness I mean, that so many people are like Pinocchio movies? Like, now the world needs it. We can kind of throw on the list the movie we're talking about today too. Yeah, kind of a I know. Movie. So like, I don't know. I don't know what what happened that made us just start. Talking about Pinocchio. Well, not even. I didn't. (laughs) Nobody was asking for it. Nobody was out here like, oh, God, I need more Pinocchio. Because there was just a (laughs) Pinocchio movie in 2019 as well. What the fuck? That's insane. That is utterly insane. Yeah, we watched the uh, the Guillermo del Toro one, the stop motion one that's on on Netflix right now. Uh, I think it it, it, won some Oscars and shit for visual effects. Awesome. It should have. The the animation is absolutely fucking stunning. Like, it is... It is totally staggering. There's so many parts in this where you're just like, how the fuck did they do this? I have no idea how this is possible. Um, It's absolutely beautiful. But you know what the biggest problem that I had with it was? What's that? that, uh, It's the story of Pinocchio. Oh, right. Yeah. Uh I don't really care. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of an issue. Yeah, it's always going to be the issue, I think, with any Pinocchio story. It's like, yeah, uh uh-huh, okay. Got it. Got it. The end. Yeah. <laughs> All right. That was that story again. Yep. Although I will say, like, you know how whenever you were a little kid and you watched Pinocchio and it kind of made you feel like shit? 
Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The don the donkey you know? scene and the yeah, exactly. the whale scene. It made me afraid of whales. Yes. They're scary as fuck to like, me. Oh, fun. It's a fun, whimsical, animated Disney movie. God, I feel bad after I'll watch this. What's going yep. on? Like, I remember watching the original Pinocchio and just feeling weirdly bad after it. Uh, Guillermo yeah. del Toro somehow found a way to make you do that as an adult, too. Oh, so you good. could relive <laughs> that childhood fucking shitty feeling you had when you watched Pinocchio. Because Sounds now you great. watch this one and it's like, oh, wow, you know, one of my favorite extremely skilled filmmakers Guillermo del Toro wow he's made this new vision of Pinocchio with incredible stop motion and little kids dying in war and <laughs> um Jesus on the cross oh, and good, yeah. like uh-huh. yeah like there's just so much stuff that ends up wrapped up in there where you're like wow I feel like shit now thanks <laughs> it really does keep the experience going for you great that, you know I'll, I'll rush right out to watch that now I mean, again, I feel so mixed about it because it really is honestly stunning. Like, it's it's beautiful and it's amazing. All the voice work and the music and stuff is beautiful and so well done. But it's just, it's a fucking Pinocchio story, dude. Like, I don't know. How good can it be? Uh, yeah, I think maybe we've, we've, like, just examined the depths of Pinocchio. There have been enough adaptations. We've gotten it. Yeah, you're right. It's there's no you know reason I wish for three for in a year. How about instead of remaking these classic fairy tale stories and stuff, what if we had some big time screen adaptations of like fantastical versions of some of our favorite old school wrestling storylines? Like if this was Guillermo <laughs> del Toro's remake of the Hell in the Cell match between oh, the Undertaker and man. Mankind, sign me up. Yeah, if this was uh, fucking uh, David Lynch's version of the the Montreal Screwjob, <laughs> sign me up. Oh my sign god, me the fuck I up. didn't Give know me that. I needed that until you now just I said do. it. Holy fuck, I that sounds it. awesome. What yes. about like yes, Cronenberg's uh, take on uh, Japanese death matches? <laughs> <laughs> oh, the body horror would be yes. legitimately fucking real oh, in that case, yes. right? I love it. Sounds great. Let's do it. <laughs> yeah, give me those, man. Uh, so yeah, Pinocchio. I don't know. I mean, you know, it's it is what it is. It's beautiful, but it is Pinocchio. Um, let's go down to the bottom of the hill here. With oh, the worst here it thing is. That I watched this week. Um, it was Morbin time around the, the Petler Inn here the other day. So we watched ourselves a, a Morbius. We both had really long, hard-working days, and it was the end of the day, and it was just kind of like, man, we could just put on some shows or whatever, or just some stupid movie. Oh, let's just put on a stupid movie that we don't really have to pay that much attention to. I was yeah. like restringing a guitar. Kate was on her phone doing stuff, and I was like, yeah, let's just put this on. Dude, what the fuck, man? Morbius sucks. <laughs> So fucking bad. Well, so I mean, he's fucking a vampire. bad. How did to. how did this get made? Like, <laughs> how did all these people read this script and watch what they were shooting and be like, "Yeah, this is it. Keep making it." Um, I think the answer to that is Sony doesn't give a fuck what goes up on Clearly. screen as long as you think it's an MCU movie and pay to see it. I think that that's it. It, yeah. it is seriously banking on people mistakenly being like, oh, there's a new Marvel character movie. Right. Must be MCU. Let's get a yep. ticket. And then they see the intro title screen. And it's like, oh, Sony, I'm fucked. Oh, shit. Uh-huh. I already paid for the ticket. I guess I'll stay here and watch it. <laughs> and it sucks. You've watched it, right? 
Uh, yes. Yeah, it's terrible. It's real fucking What's bad. What's it about? Dude, like, oh, Kate and I were talking about it the yeah. next morning over breakfast, and it's like, what was that movie about? And I'm mm. like, there was a guy <laughs> yep, that for sure. became a, a vampire somehow, he did and do that. also, so did a guy that he knew, and yeah, right. they had a fight about it. It's true. It's That's true. it. Yeah. That. Yeah. Two two vampires fought. Yeah. That's it. What's the story? Like, wh- I, what are the stakes? What is at stake here? Oh, uh, uh, there's a vampire. And if he gets killed by the other vampire, he'd be dead. Oh, That'd he loses. <laughs> right. Uh, basically, they introduced Morbius and they were like, wouldn't you hate it if he died? It's like, I don't know. Tell me. Nah, probably not. I don't know. I'm not really that invested, frankly. Don't I mean, really care. Go for it. Kill him. It's pretty unlikable. Like, there's really yep. nothing to hang on to with this character at all. No. And, like, the visual effects are stupid, and nobody has a costume, and it seems like he just... Dude, one of the things that drove us nuts is it's just like, when do you start vamping? When when is it Morbin time? Is it when you've had blood, or is it when you need blood, or when it's just convenient to morb? When do you vamp? When do you vampire? I don't fucking know. None of the rules make sense. It's a, a great question. When do you vampire? And I don't know. That movie, I... The entire time I was watching it, it was just like, I don't care. I just don't care no. what's happening. Um, and then all, I think a lot of it is Jared Leto's performance or just Jared Leto being there, you know? like I'm kind of getting on board with you when you were like, yeah. is he actually a good actor? And I'm like, you know what? Maybe, Maybe not. he's not. Maybe we all just like watching him get beaten up. <laughs> Maybe that's what it is. Yeah. Maybe if he would have got the fucking shit pounded out of him in this movie, I'd have been like, ah, that's all right. He turned into a vampire, right. got the shit whipped out of him. Cool. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't know. It, it, it really is just, it, it's just a mishmash of, it, it feels like the movie says, here, take this, you fucks. Like, it's just mad at you for watching it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, right? Oh, you wanted a Morbius movie? <laughs> Fuck no, you. Nobody asked for a Morbius movie. Nobody. And no. here we got it any damn way. <sighs> it's it's insane. It is honestly just like, who the fuck put money behind this? This sucks. Who thought this was going to be a good idea? Uh, Sony. Sony. <laughs> they'll they'll yeah, do it again, yeah. I'm sure. Oh, but, yeah, for yeah. sure. Well, especially with that amazing stinger that they set up uh. <laughs> at the end. I don't know why I'm here. <laughs> okay, no, I don't either. Me neither. <laughs> so we can tie you into the Spider-Man and Venom movies because we still own that franchise. When he says that he's Venom, it's the dumbest shit ever, right? Yes. Yeah. Because why? why? Why is that reference in there? No, no idea. No idea. He doesn't look anything like Venom. Doesn't sound like Venom. There's no reason to connect to Venom except they want clearly to create this sinister spider verse movie. Yeah. yeah, they're they're clearly like working toward their own uh, MCU type of thing that isn't working out. It's not working but, out. But for them. here's the thing too: is like when he says that line about Venom, like my ears heard it 
And I was like, wait, did he say Venom? And then I looked down at the subtitles, because we watched some subtitles, and it was like Venom capital V. And it's like, oh, he actually meant... Venom. Venom. Yeah. Like Eddie Brock, symbiote, mm-hmm. Venom. Venom. But like, mm-hmm. if you weren't watching the subtitles, you wouldn't even know. Because nope. it just kind of sounds like he's saying like, I'm vengeance. I'm Venom. And it's like, <laughs> oh no, he means Venom trademark. Like, he should have just said... <laughs> I'm Venom, trademark, TM. Like, <laughs> and then turned to the camera and winked and gave a vampire yeah, smile. Yeah. <laughs> God, it was stupid. That was a stupid-ass movie. Yeah, yeah, it really was. And I, I am, it's, it was just so funny that the internet truly did trick Sony into believing they were just busy that week. Please re-release it. <laughs> How? How the fuck? Nobody went. That's so fucking How? funny. I love it. Insane, love it. dude. That's got to be one of the most colossal wastes of of money ever, and waste yeah. of my time ever. It was oh, terrible, man. So waste of everyone. Yeah, that's time. my my watching my watching this week. What have you been up to? Oh man, we watched some great stuff uh, on your recommendation last week. We watched Bullet Train, and it's fucking right. great. It's great. It's awesome. Had a great time. Dude, loved it. I uh, thought, you know, all the performances were amazing. The characters are interesting and stuff. Like the cast, it's great, the cast great just cast. keeps growing. Yep, yeah, yeah. When, whenever uh, I don't want to, actually, I don't want to spoil it. I was gonna say something. Right. I don't want to spoil it, but it, it's clear that there's, you know, potential for a sequel there because there's, it's a whole world. It, I mean, it's, it's, it's very interesting. I think it did something that. You know, John Wick does effectively, which is introduce you to a whole world of things without really explaining everything. Um, Absolutely. Which yes. makes you more interested in, like, future stories. Uh, so, I, I, yeah, I had a blast, man. It was so good. Um, we also watched Clerks. Um, Anna Ten. Has, yeah, Still Anna great. hasn't seen any of Kevin Smith's movies except the the horror movies <laughs> so like i was like well, well that's a weird starting point yeah, man. yeah i was like well we should we should definitely you know introduce you to why people do like kevin smith so uh, uh yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> we watch clerks um man uh, you know I, i've said before that clerks was the the movie that made me realize like you know just people make movies like it's people that do it and anyone could do it um and and that was reasserted in my head because it's like you can tell it's it's like independent and low budget, but like you don't care. That's really cool. Like he he did a good job. Like some of the actors aren't the best or whatever, but some are really fucking good. And you know some of the lines aren't the best. And sometimes Kevin Smith struggles with with dialogue. And this is his first uh, movie, so obviously sometimes the dialogue seems a little like hey, no people don't talk like this, but it's fine. Oh, it's it's I mean- funny. It's interesting. Yeah, everybody in the movie either talks like Kevin Smith or right. <laughs> like like Jason Mewes, <laughs> and that's exactly. Jason Mewes. So, and that's just Jason Mewes being Jason Mewes. Yeah, I yeah. I still enjoyed it. I still think it's a good movie. I would say for sure though that like I uh, you can see how Kevin Smith has grown as a person and as a director just by watching Clerks. But he was on the path to being the person he is. It's not like. He was a radically different person, um, but it, it's cool. Uh, still a great movie. Oh and yeah, man. We're gonna watch Mallrats next. Time. Oh fuck yeah, Mallrats is so good, man. And, and there's something about watching 
a movie made by a person who is still young. Like honestly, yeah, he was probably really young. too young to be making For a sure. movie. It's For kind sure. of like <laughs> going back and reading your own journals when right. you were a teenager, and you're like, oh uh-huh. man, like. This is kind of lame, but there's truth in it. There's some rawness. There's some realness here. Yeah, you know, absolutely. like it, it's really fresh and fun and and exciting to me. Anytime like you get to see a piece of art put out by a really young person that puts it out right. flaws and all, unlike an older, experienced person who would second guess and polish and edit and produce and yada yada. Like yeah. it's the reason we like so many bands' first records so much. The yeah. second guess wasn't there. Right. Yeah. I mean, they get better as musicians, so technically the future albums are probably better quality, but that doesn't mean... I feel like I should use these skills I've acquired, right. so... <laughs> yeah, uh, but definitely, almost, you know, almost always there's a rawness to the first album that is magical and, and different, uh, even if you do like a future album more than, than the original that that first album is always going to hit with me. Like, I mean, we always talk about the blue album. Uh, yeah, <laughs> we- Weezer's two good albums. Uh, I think I-, I think three. I think the green album's good, but that's okay. We could disagree. Uh, but yeah, I, I- oh, we do. <laughs> <laughs> I I definitely uh, um, I love that that I don't know. You feel like you're getting in on something when you fir- yeah, hear totally. a band's first album. It's just like, oh, this is maybe going to be a cool journey or maybe very disappointing. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. You know, filmmaking is kind of the same way. Only right. the problem is with making a film is that it costs so goddamn much time and money to yep. make it. You know, yeah. like making a record, especially back in the day of, you know, Weezer and shit like that. It's like that was not a cheap endeavor. Nowadays, no, you can make not. your first record at fucking home and win a Grammy Billie Eilish style. Like, yeah, that's pretty. Absolutely insane yeah Um, you can become gigantic like yeah yeah and and honestly it's like nowadays there are movies that are shot on fucking iphones that are great like yeah absolutely it's kind of neat that technology is catching up to where it's like cool you have the ability to make your art and you don't have to have millions of dollars to do it like that's always been one of those things that is like we were talking about this actually while we were watching you know reservoir dogs is like man, like if you're a painter and you want to paint, it's like, well, the cost of paint and a canvas is what it's going to set you back. If I want to write a song, I already have guitars. I'll just sit down and do it. Yeah, man, if you want to make a movie, that's a lot. God damn. (laughs) Is that ever an expensive, expensive art form to get into? And it involves so many people. Like you have to have so many people involved to get that done. But, um, you know, thankfully, maybe, I don't know. Those times have changed a little bit? I think so. I, I mean, you know, because, like, um, yeah, when, like, Tarantino and, and Kevin Smith were making their movies, yeah, it was, you know, scrap together what you can. Uh, Tarantino already had a reputation because of uh, True Romance script, and then, you know, he had the Natural Burn Killer script and stuff. So, like, he had a but reputation. Rodriguez was doing stuff on right. the cheap at that Rodriguez time, too. Rodriguez was doing stuff on the cheap. Yeah, like the independent films of the 90s that we, we loved for, for that, like, scrappiness. Yeah, you're getting a lot more of that now, and that's great. Like, so much cool stuff can come out of it. I mean, you know, we just talked about uh, that movie Deadstream uh, a couple months ago, mm-hmm. and that was clearly, yeah. like, shot on GoPros and, like, mostly just two people. Like, it's... It's really cool, even if like you know, it's it's not going to be the height of cinema. It's really cool to get to see those efforts and and hopefully get to see people who 
make something cool on the cheap, get a budget. And oh yeah, you know. yeah. There's there's something inspiring to me about you know seeing seeing something like Clerks, um, which is somebody that's like I have something to say, I have this vision, I will make it with the cheapest, yeah, cheapest like crappiest equipment that I can, just because right. I have to get this out. Yeah, like there's something about that that is kind of magical. Yeah, absolutely. So, fucking clerks <laughs> i mean it, it it has always uh, meant something to me even like um i know i know you you and, and kate are huge kevin smith fans i'm i'm not always up to date on what he's doing but this movie for sure uh was a huge influence on me as a teenager um hell yeah uh speaking of movies that teenagers love donnie darko we watched that on friday night Ooh. <laughs> um, been a while since i watched that one man how's that holding up I mean, it's interesting. We should definitely do it on the show sometime because I've always wanted to. Because there's a longer director's cut that's like yeah, it's like 20 minutes longer or something. Um, I have it's always less wanted good. To, like, is it? I haven't seen it. Yeah, because okay. it kind of like it spells everything out that's Ooh. happening way more explicitly. Yeah, there's oh, okay. not really a lot left to the imagination. It's like wow, actually, the theatrical is definitely better. Oh, okay, cool. Well, I mean, in my opinion, yeah, uh, it's definitely one. You know. Uh, that generates conversation i'm not as amazed by it because i i i when i saw it it was just like oh okay like cool little mind bendy trippy movie uh and i've met so many people that are just like that's my favorite movie so maybe if uh we did it on the show and i i dove into it i'd like it as much as they do but we watched it on friday night everybody was enjoying it i mean whether or not uh it was the best movie to watch on the screaming chat. Is a, is a well, question. you know, because <laughs> little straight, little heavy, yeah, yeah. And it's like you have to pay attention, and like you know, how do you chat and pay attention to this movie? Um, but it was, it, I mean, it was fun. Uh, and then on uh, on Sunday, we watched Holidays for the Easter segment specifically. Um, Holy shit, yeah. <laughs> uh, and we had the, the same problem, because Holidays is like a solid anthology. So, like, you know, some of the segments aren't going to catch everybody, but, you know, we're watching, uh, you know, that, that uh, uh, fucking uh, St. Patrick's Day segment. It, you know, it keeps Holy your... shit. Definitely keeps your eyes on the screen trying to figure out what the fuck is happening. Uh, that shit is mental, dude. Yeah, I love Father's it. I love Father's Day, it. man. Yo, the fucking Father's Day, Day segment. Ugh, so good, yeah. Um, but yeah, so that was fun. Uh, we've also watched uh, Twenty One Jump Street. The the my name is Jeff. That's right. <laughs> that's the one. Um, it, it's still very funny. It's long, a little too long. I feel like. Um, but you know, hey, but just think about the effect that it had on Kanye. You know, <laughs> moving on, <laughs> moving on, moving on. Oh Jesus. Ooh. Um, Ugh. but yeah, Jonah Hill and, and it's Channing a funny Tatum movie. Are, yeah, Jonah Hill and Channing Tatum are really good together. I think. Um, and I haven't seen the sequel, so gonna check that out sometime. It's good too. Yeah, it is, is that- definitely funny too. I think that I think that twenty one is like a little too long, but yeah. it's still funny. Yeah, no, I, I agree. It drags at points and stuff, but whatever. Um, uh, then also we watched John Waters' Hairspray. Oh, Ooh, boy. yeah. God, I loved that movie as a kid. I used to watch Hairspray and Cry Baby. My sister and I would watch those two movies all the fucking time. And um, I hadn't seen it in a long time. I've seen Cry Baby more recently and was like, yeah, it's still great. Um, but watching uh, Hairspray again, I was like, fuck. Like, 
I did not remember this movie. It, like John Waters is amazing, so awesome. Like it really what a style is, that guy has, man. Ugh, it really is for like the first fucking twenty minutes, basically just a jukebox musical. Like it is just yeah. kids dancing and music playing, and story is like loosely coming together. I and I love that. Like he's really fucking good at mixing the music in and loosely turning the story into something where then you're engrossed and like you know there's this like whole uh you know anti-segregation message and stuff like that oh yeah very big in that movie yeah also just body positivity like the thing i always have loved about hairspray is that ricky lake's character at no point feels shame about her body other people do try to shame her for her body She's just like, nope, I'm big and beautiful. Like, fuck you. Yeah, no fucks given. Yeah. And and that, like, a movie where she has to overcome uh, and, and, like, uh, change people's minds or whatever would be boring. A movie where she is Mm -hmm. already set in who she is. Yeah, she's good. She's confident. And the story isn't about her becoming a different person. It's about the world changing. Like, that's so rad. I John Waters is the best. So great. Oh um, yeah, and also we've watched Magic on Shutter. Oh, dude, dude, I'm dying to hear about this because mm-hmm. my my bass player in in Skankbanger, like he has told me for months now. He's like, dude, sometime on the show, you guys have to do this movie called Magic. Like oh, nobody yeah. knows about it, we nobody do. talks about it. He, yeah, he said that he watched it when he was a kid, and it like fucked him up. He's like, this is. <laughs> One of those movies, and yep. if you've seen it, you know it, but a lot of people haven't seen it. Tell me yep. about it. Did you like it? I loved it. Uh, Anthony really? Hopkins is so fucking good. It's directed by Richard He's Attenborough. like young, too. Yeah. He is, he is young. In fact, like, um, he is he is Norman Bates-like, uh, mm. the character. And like, I could I mean, see that. Yeah, immediately. I was like, fuck, Anthony Hopkins could play Norman Bates. Uh, a young Holy Anthony shit. Hopkins. Yeah. Very well. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, it... I, I don't want to say too much, but it is about uh, a, a guy who, you know, Anthony Hopkins, who is uh, a magic performer and also ventriloquist and uh, some, uh, some, some doings go about uh, happening. Some things happen. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I don't want to say much because you, you really just have to see it. It's, um, it's really good. I, I didn't see it as a kid. Wish I had. I probably would have been more creeped out by everything that's going on but i was sufficiently creeped out as an adult for sure so check it wow, out Wow, man and it's on uh, shutter right now right yeah it's on shutter and uh yeah Tight. people had been saying i like on the facebook and, and instagram and stuff people have been telling us like hey watch magic uh and finally i just saw it on shutter and i was like fucking let's do it let's do this and it's worth it it's only like an hour and a half too so it's like a tight 90 minute movie that will really uh, do the job. Um, nice. We've also been watching Ash versus the Evil Dead. We're almost uh, through it. In fact, it's how is it? Oh man, dude, we're gonna do. We're doing a Hell Rankers um, next week after we watch the new Evil Dead. Uh, we're gonna do. A oh, Hell is Rankers. that coming out next week? Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. Oh uh, shit! Renfield okay. comes out this week and. Hopefully Ooh. we can go check it out because I'm interested. I want to see that too. Yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, Evil Dead Rise is coming out, and uh, 
boy, watching because I had seen the first season of Ash vs. Evil Dead and like the first couple episodes of the second season, and I was very much impressed. But like, I don't know what happened. I just stopped watching it. Man, I don't know where I'd put it on a list of Evil Dead media, but it's high up there. It's fucking great. I've heard it's good, man. It's yeah, so I've good. Heard. It's so good. I love it. Um, so yeah, definitely highly recommend watching Ash vs. Evil Dead. It's on Netflix. Go check it out. All right. Well, maybe I'll do that, and maybe you guys do that after you rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, anywhere else you can review a podcast. Just takes a second. Don't cost even a dime, and it helps your boys out a lot. So please be sure to do that, as well as support the show on Patreon and Hell other yeah. places. You can follow our show. Just find our Dead and Lovely Linktree page to find our Twitters and Instagrams and all that other good stuff and hang out with your boys and all the other community of dead and lovelies on that there interweb. You know, Steve, this year movie that we're talking Uh about today. That's right. It's got a little old kid. It does. And that kid's got a friend who's a robot. Oh, a robot. Can't trust them. They take our job. Just. A plum old robot <laughs> taking our gerbs and all that stuff, man. It got me thinking about what kind of robo friend maybe I would have liked to have had back when I was a kid in the the Hamlin County Hills of East Tennessee back uh-huh. in the nineteen and eighties. Steve, how uh-huh. do we talk about it here in the preview palace? Welcome to the preview palace. Mm, robots. Robots. Mm, mm, mm. That's us. <laughs> We're playing ourselves a little game here of robot or no bot, in which we talk about <laughs> cinematic and pop culture robots. And if they would have been our friend when we was kids, Steve. I love this idea because I did want to be friends with some of these robots for sure as a kid. Oh, for sure, man. Would you have liked to have had a Terminator buddy when you were a kid? Uh, absolutely. A Terminator buddy? Fuck yeah. Absolutely. Fuck yeah. Yes, because I, as a kid, Arnold Schwarzenegger was my like uh, my favorite movie star, I guess, because I watched like, all of his movies, uh, like Predator, Commando, Running Man. All those were just fucking awesome, and, and I loved them. And yes, I would have loved... For the Terminator to be my friend. Like, that's why I loved T2 so much. I wanted to be John Connor. <laughs> be so cool. Right? Yeah. And there was something about it, too. Just, like, seeing, you know, th- this huge, mega macho adult guy uh-huh. that was sort of catering to the whims of little John Connor with right. his bowl yeah. cut. You know? Like, uh-huh. he was kind of answering to this kid. It's like, that's exactly the kind of robot buddy that you would want. It's right. like, you know, he definitely can't go around killing people because he told him to, but he could if you needed him to. <laughs> exactly. It's, it is you available know? to you as an option. <laughs> now, what would you think about maybe having a Robocop buddy as a kid? Would that be a robot or a no-bot for you? I mean, again, yeah, it's going to be a robot uh, as a kid, but as an adult, I'm going to say no-bot because a cab, so... Uh, that includes RoboCop. Hmm. <laughs> I see. I see. So he yeah. falls into that category. Yeah. Um, 
that's that's pretty fair. It, it's also a little bit creepy to be hanging out like with a reanimated corpse that yeah. also has like a, yeah. a clapping booty. You remember that RoboCop booty? <laughs> he does have a clapping booty. He has some cheeks true. on him. <laughs> he's got that wagon. Yeah, he's, he's definitely. Yeah, he kind of does. He's got a little bit of a dumpster on he's him. Plus, we, sure. we know from the making of Featurette that anytime he's riding in a car, he's bottomless for sure. <laughs> You remember that? He had to take the pants off to get in the car? Yes. So That's a good point. Yeah, hanging out with RoboCop as a kid, probably a bad idea to hang out with a corpse with a clapping booty who's sometimes bought. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, who has to take his pants off anytime you're going to the mall or whatever. It's like, uh, it's kind of awkward. I think that's a no-bot for (laughs) me, too, Yeah, no-bot. Get out of here, RoboCop. What about Ed 209, though? He hung out in that movie. He was a big robot. Uh, I know he's supposed to be evil, but we all know he's just adorable because uh, stairs defeat him. Um, yeah, he is kind of defeated by I, stairs. That is kind of a problem. Yeah, I think I would probably because, like, I mean, of the three we've named so far, I think he is the first actual like robot. Technically, yes, we know androids aren't robots. It's fine. Uh, it's a game. Uh, but in this case, this is definitely a robot, and uh, I would want to be his friend. So I'm gonna say robot. He's the most like a pet. I mean, he yeah. has those like animal-like screeches and stuff, and uh-huh. he's kind of clumsy and dumb. And sometimes <laughs> he does, you know, riddle a guy with like four thousand bullets in a conference room. <laughs> Maybe but, he does that. You sure. know, <laughs> pets make mistakes. What can you do? You know. Hey, you know. You, listen, you don't. Uh, you don't. Uh, get mad if a puppy pees on a rug you just teach it where to pee at 209 shoots up a boardroom you're like no ed 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 come on buddy there's different places to shoot up exactly exactly Mm -hmm. but you know probably a pretty pretty fun robot pet to have as a kid now i'll tell you what one robot that could take me places and i don't even have to worry about his pants situation Uh what if i was just able to hop into the back of a big old 18 wheeling optimus prime that was my (laughs) robot buddy as a kid that's a that's a robot for sure yeah um okay so i loved over the top as a kid uh, oh yeah, dude! We should do that on the show sometime. Holy shit! Absolutely, we should do that on the show. Wild but, card for, for sure. But I loved over the top as a kid, and even with that love uh, of of over the top, I was still always creeped out by like trucks, like big trucks, because you you couldn't see what was going on inside there, and to me, I felt like it was something nefarious, just for mm, sure. Okay. You can't tell what's going on with that trucker up there. So I was a little creeped probably out. Just, it, it's probably just peeing in bottles and yeah, stuff. Largely, pretty, that is what's happening. Just peeing in a milk Pretty jug. innocent stuff, yeah. <laughs> but, Not that big a deal. And I, I, My brother was a trucker, and I rode with him for two weeks at one time just because uh, I didn't have a job, and I was young, and you do that type of shit when you're young. Uh, and it was fun. It was It was a blast. Uh, because I wasn't driving, <laughs> but the driving of it seemed very fucking anxiety-inducing. So largely, they're just peeing in jugs and being anxious. Uh, but yeah, it's a hard job. Yeah, but I yeah, I, for that reason, I would say for me, Optimus Prime is is a Noba. Hmm. Okay. You don't want to go along for that long haul with Optimus. Nah. Huh? Nah. I mean, listen, like. 
it sounds fun. You get to see stuff, you think. But no, you don't see shit. You just see the interstate. It's lame. It's the worst. (laughs) (laughs) You don't want to see the great Eisenhower interstate system of this nation. Come on. (laughs) I guess that's You don't want to piss in a bottle? I do want to piss in a bottle. You're right. All right. (laughs) Is it weird, though, if you're in Optimus and you whip your dick out to pee in a bottle? Is that weird? Is it oh, weird that like a full-grown huh. adult robot is like, come on in, get that dick out and pee in a bottle in me? Is oh, that weird? Wow. Okay. 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 Yeah. 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 I can see. This where might the, get weird. Yeah, I can see where there's a lot of fucking problems <laughs> with being friends with Optimus Prime. <laughs> mm. So I, that just like really solidifies for me. No bot. Second thoughts. Okay, now I'm having second thoughts. I got to meditate on this one for a while. What about Inspector Gadget? Every child's favorite robot. Uh huh. What do you think about that guy? Is that your guy? Is he your friend? Is he a robot or a nobot? Well, I liked Inspector Gadget as a kid because I had a crush on Penny. Um, of course. Yeah, but um, he is also. I mean, let's just say it. That guy is a mess. Every time he goes to do something, it's the wrong thing. I feel like I I have an anxiety disorder. I can't be around this man who is going to be like, "Uh, let me make you some toast. And then fucking, uh, you know, helicopter blades come out of his hat. Get out of here with that. (laughs) Go, go, gadget. Blowtorch. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So no, no buff for me. What about you? I mean, you're right. It's like if if he was your robot, if he was your buddy, it would be like, well, I get to hang out with Penny, and I mean, that's true. You know, yeah, yeah. But I mean, as you know, a kid, not as a, now. Right. T- as remember, a kid. this is all framed as when we right. were kids, not and as adults. Right now, as a kid, I think I would. Yeah, I absolutely would want to because you know the dog. I can't remember the dog's name, but the dog was so cute and walked on its hind legs yep. for some reason. Um, but uh, yeah, as a kid, that would sound fun. It'd be like, oh, you go over to uh, Inspector Gadget's house and it's silly. Yay. Well, as an adult, no, it sounds like a disaster. <laughs> Especially if it's like Matthew Broderick, Inspector right. Gadget. Oh, that's, no. that's a no bot for sure. Yeah, not interested for sure. Yeah, yeah. I Yeah, no, just get out of here, Inspector Gadget. Like, we're, we got the, too many like glass things around and like all sorts of shit you can break. Like, ugh, not interested. Here's the thing, though. If I was buddies with him, maybe I would get to know Dr. Claw and he would start singing for my metal band. (laughs) Fuck yeah. That'd be awesome. You know? (laughs) Because he's metal as fuck, obviously. It's like, gadgets. Nope. It's like real fucking low and gravelly. Yeah. It's guttural, dude. Uh Yeah. Like, we could totally start a Doom band for sure. 100%. That sounds awesome. And he's already got, like, the cool get-up. He's got the claw and stuff. Maybe I could finally see what his fucking face looks like or whatever, right? right? Yeah. I think they did show him at some point. I don't remember what he looks really? like, though. I, yeah. I think they did. I'm not positive on that. Well, maybe I could find out, man. How do you feel about maybe having a Hal? Is that your buddy oh, as a kid? man. I mean, okay, so... Space Odyssey. Yeah. I, I mean, Hal is scary. Uh, I think the thing is, if you put like, if he was two dots and a smiley face, maybe, maybe I'd want to hang out with him. 
But, you know, he's just like Big a red dot, dot in a voice. Not a lot of charisma. Yeah. Not a lot yeah. of charisma on that guy. Uh, yeah, I can't see. I can't see that being fun as a kid to hang out with a dot. Probably not. Yeah. You know what? I remember, like, I think the only time that I watched that movie was when I was a kid, and uh, I was I was very bored. I've been like wanting to watch that movie. Oh, you again should. You should. As a grown up, yeah, uh-huh. I really want to see it again, but. Yeah, I remember being quite bored by Hal as a child. I was, I was like, man, when are you gonna get that go go gadget shit out? You know, <laughs> yeah, that, whip it out. That would be, that'd be like, I, I go hang out with Inspector Gadget, and I'm all like anxious as fuck, and then my parents send me to, to Hal instead, and I'm like, can I go back to Inspector Gadget's house, please? Maybe, you know. <laughs> I don't like the dog. This guy's lame. <laughs> What about a Mega Man? What if Mega Man oh, was your man. childhood buddy? Are you down for that? Uh, okay. I mean, immediately I was like, yes, but then I was like, wait a second. Uh, doesn't tend to go well for his buddies. Um, often getting <laughs> taken and whatnot. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I, you know, because the Mega Man world is such that um all you have to do is pick up a version of your own head and now you can die if you'd like um and so that's interesting that is weird yeah that's (laughs) kind of strange i don't know why there are versions of your own head laying around but uh that seemingly are now also his world is largely a side-scrolling platformer so i guess you have to be 2d to hang out Mm, with that would be a problem yeah i've never been a hieroglyph before that might be something new and interesting Yeah. Okay, here's the thing, though. Here's what I'm thinking. Yeah? Like, if he was your buddy, and he could, like, let's say, beat up your bullies, beat up your mean stepdad, whatever it is, Uh he would then gain their powers. If he beat up your childhood enemies, what powers would he get? (laughs) Um, Let's see. Uh, My childhood enemies. Uh, He'd get the power of... Uh, being uh, a dickhead, I guess. So, just like uh, maybe Noogie powers. Oh, you get yeah. that? Yeah, the hyper Noog. Okay. Yeah. All right. Again, yeah. that's that's a pretty strong power. It is. Hey, listen, nobody wants that friction on top of their head for sure. Uh-uh. Uh, uh Yeah, I, I I could see I could see that you know <laughs> stepdad <laughs> maybe powers of. Uh, from my own experience, uh, 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 laying around and smoking a lot. So <laughs> I guess I guess that would be a power. <laughs> <laughs> well, what that does is that gives all of his all of his enemies long term uh, third hand smoke damage power. Where it's like, oh, you sat on his recliner years after he smoked here, or you rode in his his car later on in life. Well, you're still absorbing some of those chemicals and toxins. <laughs> it is it is saturated for sure. Yeah, the guy was a three pack a day smoker, so. <laughs> Uh, Long yeah, game. I, I, I don't. I don't know exactly how interesting that power would be, but I guess if you went up against like Asthma Man or something, you could use it. He's shot. Yeah, he's fucked for sure. Right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I so think yeah. that uh, according to my my own very limited stories, of course, having only gone to kindergarten and first grade and been right. minimally bullied. Mm-hmm. Um, if he beat up my uh, first grade bullies, um, he would get he would get the rat tail whip. The rat tail whip. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I like this. Which is 
definitely a strong 80s skill. And I think he would get, uh-huh. um, as I told that story a while ago about um, one of the bullies, like, uh, like rub tree sap on my arm uh, as a bullying method. That's I think you'd get up. the uh, the sap blaster, the sap blaster, which is just minorly annoying. If he beat yeah. him, he'd be like, yeah. oh, sap, you're sticky now. Also, yeah. so am I. So, you know, but- whatever. When you when you go up against Harry Man, uh, he's fucked. So oh, dude, it's over for sure, man. Yeah. <laughs> and I also think that Mega Man would be one of my other childhood rivals, the Million Dollar Man, Ted DiBiase. <laughs> I definitely didn't like him when I was a money, kid. Money, 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 <laughs> money. Yeah. <laughs> He'd beat That's him awesome. for sure and get the. Um, uh, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> what would he do? He would like stuff money down people's throats at yeah. the end of a match, right? Yeah, uh, he would stuff money down people's throats at the end of the match. He would embarrass little choker. kids. So maybe, yeah, maybe the cash choker uh, <laughs> or the child embarrasser. Either. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm gonna go with yeah, Mega Man for me is a robot for sure. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, I I, I can see yeah now the value of that. So you're right. Yes robot <laughs> are you hanging out with an artadita oh boy i mean everybody seems to understand him so i i guess i'd have to like duolingo some r2d2 or something like what is <laughs> i mean i don't know <laughs> some of that stuff right i don't know i don't know what you're saying buddy <laughs> i i'd probably have a hard time yeah, but he seems to understand what's going on and is helpful. So, like, I can't see how that's a negative to have him as a friend. Uh, maybe you catch on after a while what the beeps mean. Okay, here's here's a plus. If R2-D2 is your little buddy, he's uh-huh. got a hologram of a pretty lady built into him. That, that is helpful. Okay, yes. Okay. Pretty cool. So he's got a hologram of a pretty lady inside. That he can just bust out at any time. I guess I I would have found some value in that in my teenage years for sure. I'm gonna say friend, robot. Yep, not right. a nobot. Robot, not a nobot for sure. Now let me let me take you back right here. This is one that I wanted to bring up whenever we started talking about um, you know, cinema and uh TV robots to make this list. Now this is one that you you are not familiar with. But okay. I am familiar with, and uh-huh. this is one of those ones, dude, that, like, for people listening, like, we've talked on the show many times about those those things that a lot of us, you know, kids from the 80s and 90s have as memories that almost seem like fever dreams, like the fucking, uh-huh. the peanut butter solution and oh, shit like God. that, where you're like, was that a bad dream or did that exist? And then you talk to other people, and it's like, oh, no, I experienced it's that. It's like, fuck, okay, what it's the fuck? so weird. That's how I feel about... The electric grandmother, Steve. The, the electric, electric grandmother. Grandmother. What? Okay. What is? <laughs> what is this? I remember seeing this movie. I think it was a movie or a series on TV. Like this would have been in the age of, like, apparently it came out in 1982. But I'm sure that I probably saw it around 87, 88, something like that. As like okay. a little tiny kid. Like I don't even frankly know why i remember this other than the fact that it it weirded me out quite a lot Mm -hmm. and uh, i'm sure if you know what i'm talking about right now it probably weirded you out too let me read you 
a synopsis of I'm this. I'm excited. Stuff. Are you ready? Yep. To a family whose children are traumatized by the death of their mother, help okay. comes in a most bizarre way. <laughs> All right. Now, this is where it starts feeling like a fever dream, dude. They receive three pieces that, when joined together, give a recording for an offer for an electronic grandmother. Uh, okay. <laughs> yes, That's... that is how that reads. Okay, all right. I think I get it. All right. Let's just keep going here. Uh-huh. They go to a bizarre factory where they customize their new grandmother, <laughs> and within a short time, she arrives. Okay, okay. The android is equipped with everything needed as a parent, and the boys are charmed. The daughter, however, still misses her mother, and she bears no welcome for this interloper. Okay. Wow. So, I I don't remember a ton about this. I remember that it had that late 70s, early 80s, kind of like Vaseline lens, like kind of shitty quality about it. Uh-huh. And that this electronic grandmother had all kinds of, like, robo-powers. Like, one okay. specifically that I remember is her being around, like, a breakfast table. And uh-huh. one of the kids wanted, like, orange juice or whatever. And she just kind of, like, pointed her first finger out at a cup. And, like, orange juice, like, shot out of her finger into the cup. What? <laughs> Yes, I remember being just massively disturbed by this as a kid. Yeah, because like, so she just has orange juice in her. Where I guess come from, and and how's it stored? An an old lady, like it's just she's just an old lady that has orange juice in her veins that she can shoot out, just piss out of her dick finger, (laughs) and then you drink it. And, like, meanwhile, I was like, huh. Like, you know, because as a kid, you're, just, you're basing everything off of what you know. And I'm right. like, man, my my grandmother was a fucking pilled out uh-huh. Ozzy Osbourne fucking uh-huh. just mess of a human being. And I'm thinking about my Nana, like, shooting orange juice out of her finger and drinking oh. it or whatever. And it was highly disturbing for me, man. Like, I remember the electronic grandmother just made me feel really weird. Or electric grandmother, excuse electric. me. It just made me feel really uh, bad. That's a when, no-bot for sure. When you texted me the words electric grandmother, I thought it was like a 70s band or something. I had no idea. It seems like it would be. Like, yeah. dude, they probably got some riffs, dude. They probably oh, got some sure. Stone Cold riffs. For sure. Electric grandmother's got some riffs, but all of them are racist now. <laughs> yeah, well, it probably doesn't really reflect back that good anymore, right. but at the time it was pretty jamming, you know? <laughs> right. But then you listen to the lyrics and you're like, what? Oh, no. <laughs> I mean, I know you're not familiar with the electric grandmother, but do you think that's a robot or a no-bot? It sounds like a no-bot to me. <laughs> I, 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 I had two grandmothers, and neither of them, I, I liked them both. I don't want to replace them with an electric grandmother. Please, no. All right. So that's a no-bot. Now, you got, you got one on your list that I'm unfamiliar with, because I've never watched no Futurama. Yeah, Bender. Uh, Bender uh, is 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 a robot who is crass and coarse, and he 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 burps and he drinks beer and uh, smokes cigars. Uh, and I uh, like him. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He sounds like a cool guy to hang out with. Also, 
He's a bending robot, so if you need anything bent, he can do it. Yeah. So, th- think of all the times as a kid you were like, oh, I wish I could b- bend that, you know? Boom. Here, here he is. Well, <laughs> well, that sounds pretty convenient to me. I, I definitely know of some things that could have yeah. used some bending as a kid. So, all yeah. right. Beer drinking, cigar chawing, robot. Sure, why not? Uh, I, I think the one... The one problem with Bender is he uh, very often uh, makes things really hard for his friends. So basically what I'm saying is he's, he's a rascal. He's a rascal. But, uh, you know, as, as a kid, it's probably just going to be some hijinks and, uh, you know, some very inappropriate stuff as he does like nudie mags and things like that. Though they are robot nudie mags, um, which probably aren't, probably aren't going to do much for you. I, I don't know. Hey, maybe. I mean, maybe. Maybe, maybe, maybe. I'm one of them robosexuals that you hear about, you know? Maybe so. Maybe you are a robosexual. <laughs> I might be one of those. So, yeah. Okay. All right. I'll have to find out about it, man. Maybe a, maybe a, a, a fucking uh, uh, chopping mall kill bot. What if that's your childhood bud? <laughs> yeah. Like, what huh? if you... What? <laughs> What if, what if you just wanted a pal who happens to have a security guard position at a mall? <laughs> so, like, <laughs> at night, he leaves, I guess, for work. Uh, and then in the morning, he shows back up. And then I, I imagine he's tired. Uh, so, probably, you know, sleeps. Th- you got to be quiet while he's sleeping through the day. And it's like, you know, you want to play, but also you don't want to wake him up. and You know, because he gets cranky. I, I don't know. I don't know. It sounds like... Sounds like it's going to be a tough friendship. Okay, here's the thing, though. If this guy has got the keys to the mall, okay. then that means maybe I okay. can go to the mall Good with point. him. Yeah. And he can, uh, you know, we can go at night where I'm going to be safe from all them kidnappers yeah. and satanic panickers that oh, was plaguing man. the arcades back in the day that kept me from getting to go to the arcade and playing Samurai Showdown or uh, that Aerosmith shooting game or whatever. You I, know? Can, I can already see the uh, Home Alone style montage of you and a killbot from Chopping Mall in the Shopping Mall just, you know, having a, a blast of a time. Some like uh, saxophone heavy song playing in the background. Just hell sounds yeah. great. Sounds awesome. That does sound like fun. Good point. I you mean, know, maybe it would be fun. Maybe he is a robot. I still say no, but no, but. All right. That's a no, but from you, man. Uh-huh. All right. What about a go bot? <laughs> go bot. All right. We all knew that uh, that kid who went through the phase of wanting to be exactly like their older brother or something. And it was like, oh, boy, this is off-putting because, you know, you're acting like a completely different person. Like, you're trying to artificially uh, be be this this other thing, you know? Uh, so, I feel like the GoBot's kind of like that. I feel like Dude, that. <laughs> I'm going to tell you what. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to draw a controversial comparison here, okay? Mm-hmm. Are you ready? Uh-huh. GoBot families are the same... As Pepsi families are the same <laughs> as Sega families. <laughs> Say okay. All right? 
Okay. All right. Now, all right. Uh, I was. I, I are the same. Okay. Hottest one. Hottest one. Are you okay. ready? Uh huh. Are the same as Matchbox toy car families. All right. Ah, uh, rather than Hot Wheels. I see. Yeah. That's right. Wow. Man, okay, that just got spicier and spicier because I I know what you're saying with Pepsi families for sure. Like that uh, was a type. My grandmother would buy whatever was on sale, uh, so sometimes there'd be Pepsi. Uh, but there were the families who were like, "No, Pepsi, Pepsi's better." Uh, we I do it on it. purpose. Yeah, Pepsi <laughs> on we purpose. Like That's Pepsi our slogan. Pepsi on purpose. <laughs> that should be the new slogan. <laughs> Pepsi on purpose. <laughs> We're doing it for real now. <laughs> what if they change? What if, like, at their, you know, like, because, you know, they own uh, Taco Bell and Pizza Hut and KFC. What if at their restaurants they insisted their employees stop saying, is Pepsi okay? And start oh. saying, you're getting fucking Pepsi. <laughs> <laughs> that's true though because that that is always the phrase is pepsi okay <laughs> like that's what the they always say usually uh, I don't we need know. to address the, the the pepsi apology man right like, this has been a cultural fucking standard for our entire lives the right. pepsi apology is pepsi okay <laughs> like, i know we got pepsi fans <laughs> listening right now so sound off over there on facebook and let us know uh if like how do you respond to is pepsi okay are you like enthusiastic are you like what do you mean is it okay of course it's okay it's great i order pepsi on purpose <laughs> pepsi on purpose who are you are you a monster the i'd like a jack person- and pepsi is yeah. coke okay fuck no off. fuck you no, yeah the what? type of person that goes through the mcdonald's line and says pepsi every time even though they know they're not gonna get a pepsi they're just like i just want them to know like they should have it Dude, like, what if what if you sit down at a bar somewhere and you meet somebody who seems like they're really cool and you guys are kind of hitting it off? Uh-huh. And then it's like, hey, do you want another round? I'll get this one. Okay, what are you having? And he turns to the bartender and he goes, I'll have a Jim Beam and Pepsi, please. <laughs> a Jim Beam and Pepsi. You okay. just run? Beam I just and run. Pepsi. I'd be like, I, okay, I don't know you. I'm out. No, Bye. I could I could totally be friends with a with a Pepsi family type, you know? Just you That's know sketch. to bring your own soda when you come over. Beam and Pepsi. <laughs> We're gonna have so many people pissed at us. <laughs> There's what if so you, many Pepsi what, Okay, <laughs> what if you did have some kind of oddly specific bar demand? Where you're like, "Could I have an ancient age and RC cola, please?" <laughs> and they're like, "We don't have either of those." And you're like, "Where the fuck am I?" <laughs> I insist. I need what? a cheer wine. Where is it? <laughs> yeah, come on with it already. Yeah. <laughs> Pepsi on purpose. I think that's really, yeah. I think that's going to be the new thing. It's like, yeah, just embrace it. It's not, is Pepsi okay? It's like, no, Pepsi on purpose. Huh. You're getting Pepsi. Lean into it. What are we talking about? (laughs) Robots? I think we're talking about robots. Oh, man. I didn't even address all your other spicy takes. We only talked about Pepsi. (laughs) There's a lot. Talk about them over there. Sega families, whatever. Let's get it. Let's have a conversation about it. <laughs> uh. Yeah. <laughs>
No, GoBots are for for parents that didn't love their kids enough yeah, to buy Transformers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I it's mean, it, it's it's always it, it's always been a a uh, slick marketing decision to remember that parents half pay attention a lot of the times, and so they're gonna say they're gonna be like, I know it's about like stuff that like. It's like they're like cars, and they become like robots or whatever. Oh, GoBots! That's probably it. Yeah, and that's so now probably you got it. Go- yeah. Enough. Um. So yeah, I know I don't want to be friends with a GoBot. Get out of here. Mm. Yeah, get the fuck out, man. Get the fuck out of here. I'd be friends with a Wally because he'd clean up my trash. Oh yeah, he's he's a pal for sure. Wally's he's your best friend for life. Him and Eva, we'd just be chilling. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think so. I think it's a tight bunch. What about a Johnny Five? How do you feel about him? Uh, number five alive. Um, well, I feel like he hangs out with that guy who's in uh, in brown face. So I don't know. I don't, ooh, know. Ooh, I don't know about okay, him. Yeah. <laughs> Not yeah. sure about Johnny Five. Uh, he is cute, though. He's a cute guy. And uh, he's got a good personality. So he'd, he'd probably be fun to hang out with, I assume. So, you know, I'm you just got to get him away from his friends group. Right. Is the thing, yeah. Is he, yeah. He's got a toxic friend. And you know what? They're the only people he knows anyway. It's not like he chose them. Like, so, yeah, you know what? Robot. All right. You know what? How about it? How about it? We want to hear about your robots or no bots over on our Facebook group. That's the only reason to use that piece of shit fucking world ruining yeah. planet cancer websites. Hang out with your boys <laughs> and other cool people like yourself. Join up with our group. Tell us about your robots or no bots on there. We want to yeah. hear about them. So yeah, sign up today, dude. Man, as we've been recording, I've been sipping on a uh, on a Topo Chico. Oh yeah, which Delicious. I I adore. I yeah, love a Topo Chico. Mm-hmm. Um, I really think they should lean into the fact that they have more burps per bottle than any they beverage should. on earth. I uh, I appreciate it. I'm a big fan of of the bubbly water, and uh, yeah, it's that, the bubbliest. It's the bu- that should be, listen. We're coming up with campaigns left and right. It's the bubbliest. Yeah. There you go. It really is <laughs> more burps per bottle than uh-huh. any other bubbly. Like that's mm-hmm. the slogan right there, man. Take I don't that. know what they put in Perrier. that stuff. Like, I see people doing that. Um, they do that, like you know, whatever. It's like chug an entire Lacroix, uh-huh. you know, yeah. challenge where you you just burp like crazy. It's like, yeah. dude, take a sip of a Topo Chico and get ready. That's all you need to do. <laughs> That's a different challenge. All if listen, I don't recommend trying to chug that. That will murder you. Fuck You'll no. die. Yeah. Oh my god, dude, that would be terrible, man. <laughs> he died of <laughs> burp. <laughs> all right, Steve. The subject of our show today is, of course, Mathrigan. Hell yeah, came it out, is. Uh, this was year, it last year? No, this year. This year. Yeah. This last year. Last <laughs> this year. Last this year. Yep. That's when it came out. At the year of us recording this, which is 20 and 23, and I'll tell you, man, you know, a movie that comes out in January that Uh is a horror movie that is rated PG-13, that is from Blumhouse, Uh that has trailers that look not scary and look like it's taking itself way too seriously... I uh, I had so many reasons to go into this movie hyper skeptical. I feel like, and then I remember several several months ago on the show, you talked about how you had watched it that week, and that it was like 
shockingly delightful and you're like dude don't worry yeah. about the trailers like don't worry about any of that stuff it's a really fun movie and we decided to do it on the show this week and i was still going in kind of skeptical and <laughs> skeptical okay i, I kind of found it to be pretty fucking delightful yes, dude. this is a pretty dude. fun movie i had uh, the opposite reaction to the trailer that you did i was hyped for Megan, it looked like it was either going to be a blast or a trash fire, and I wanted to be there. Uh, so yeah, yeah. We, we went and saw it in the theater, and uh, Anna and I did a, a mini sode on it. Go check that out. Uh, but we'll be also covering all that stuff again. Uh, it, I was delighted in the movie theater. I was laughing my ass off. I, I was like, "Get his ass, Megan!" Whenever that kid was bullying. Um, uh, fucking, oh shit, what is her name? The little girl, she's adorable. Katie, that's right. Katie. Katie, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I was so into this movie, and, um, I have now seen it, I believe, five times, and I would Jesus. watch it again. I'm, uh, t- to be honest, I am watching it right now on mute. <laughs> <laughs> I was Come just on, like, you're doing a show here. Bring it on. I Come normally on. don't Focus. do this. I normally don't uh, like just have the movie playing in the background, but I love this fucking movie so much. It did something similar to me uh as Malignant. Though Malignant I was like uh I was a little more, you know, not sure how I felt about it. This, like, but I couldn't get it out of my head. And this, this movie, I just could not get out of my head from the moment we saw it. The second it became available for streaming on Peacock, I was like watching that uh, and watched the, the unrated edition as well. And boy, man, I, I don't know. I, I think that this movie just really does something very interesting with the tone. It is, it's absurd. It's silly. It's scary. Um, it's really funny at times. Uh, it's it's campy. I, I I don't know. It's just right up my alley. I I love this movie. Spoilers. I love this movie. Yeah, you know I I can get what you mean here because you know you, you mentioned that it kind of gave you malignant vibes, and yeah. I didn't even know going into this that it was like the same writer yeah. as malignant. Yep. So yep. that kind of makes sense, and, and I feel like. I feel like this writer clearly has an appreciation and a love for the kind of 80s crap that all of us horror movie fans love, where it yep. is just some random one-off piece of shit movie that's entertaining and not, you know, super deep. Like, I don't know, like the thing that keeps going through my head is like, I adore fucking A24 horror movies, like elevated horror shit. But you know what? Everything doesn't have to be that. Sometimes you can just have some random, dumb fun, and it's great. Well, I would say this movie is very much about loss and grief. I mean, and it there's, overtly there's says issues that. issues here. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's definitely uh, some deeper stuff going on yeah. than, than, say, Malignant, which is just like, what the <laughs> fuck am I watching? <laughs> well, I think, okay, so it, it, it's uh, Kayla Cooper... And um, I've said her name Akila before, and I was wrong. I thought there were two E's. There's only one. Akila Cooper, who uh, she she was a oh. staff writer on Grimm. She worked on American Horror Story. Uh, she wrote a movie called uh, Hellfest, which is a, a cool watch. And then, yeah, Malignant, which I think Malignant does try to go a little bit into, th- you know, uh, 
ideas about like loss and abuse and stuff, but um, it's also way more melodramatic. Uh, yeah, and, and this is not trying to go for melodrama. This is going for entertainment value. Like it, it is, it is. Um, there is drama, and it, it is dealt with very seriously and very well. But there's also, I mean, a talking robot girl that uh, kills a dog and kills a little boy, and you still like her, and you're still on her side. Like it, it's she's. She's like Freddy or something where you're like, I know this is the bad guy, but I like the bad guy. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally, yeah. man. Yeah, like it, it has a vibe about it that kind of toes a line between being sort of a horror comedy, but also being kind of straight-laced horror. Like it, it yeah. does have that vibe that like a lot of again, a lot of 80s horror flicks do, where it's like, it's trying to be scary, but it's also kind of funny and silly at the same time. Yeah, yeah. And, and it is scary. Like, it, it does um, hit scary notes. Like, when she is in the uh, that, that shed, like, trying to, you know, pretending oh, to be the yeah. dog, and then she just, like, raises up, and it is so fucking creepy. Or, She's in the shadows and shit. Yeah, yeah it's cool. Um, I speci- like the you know we were talking about how much this creeped you out, but the the uh, the moments when she's like drawing or playing the piano that are like reminiscent of the automatons that were built in like the you know seventeenth eighteenth century. Oh yeah, dude! Just, just anything so that gets into that like yeah. uncanny valley territory, which this yeah. very obviously and very yeah. intentionally does uh-huh. fall into that that category of stuff that looks realistic enough to where your brain goes with it, but at the same time, it hates it and rejects it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I I think that like yeah, it it toes a line that not a lot of horror comedies do because most horror comedies are just funny. Like, you're not actually scared at any point. You're not actually, like, really too worried. Like, if somebody dies, it's supposed to be a joke. And, in fact, that happens in this. A little boy gets killed, and it's a laugh line. There's no way it's not intended to be a laugh line. It's so fucking funny. It is set up, punchline, kid dead. (laughs) I'm telling you, I'm trying to think of another movie where... A child dies <laughs> yeah. and you don't feel bad about it no. whatsoever. <laughs> like again, this is like anti A twenty four in so many ways. Where it's like I don't know. Sometimes kids are shitheads. <laughs> Fuck him anyway. Because it really like at the end of the day, it's like, do you think that fucking kid was gonna go on to cure cancer or anything? Like he's probably a fucking asshole anyway. I mean, we know. Like the thing is, Megan is bad. She's bad. She kills a dog. It didn't do anything wrong. I mean, she kills that neighbor who literally did absolutely nothing wrong. Um, but she also is just so fucking charismatic and you are invested in her like winning in these scenarios that you're like that's okay. I guess that dog deserved it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the, yeah I mean, it's it's a weird line to toe. Yeah, it is. It is. But it, it does it so well. And it, it like, in, you know, it's like Cabin in the Woods is probably the most successful horror comedy I, I could think of in comparison that does the comedy really well and the horror really well. 
Uh, and th- this is that's fair on yeah. on par, I would say. Um, except I don't it, know if it's it probably goes good. darker. I would say it goes darker and less comedic. So it's it's I don't know. They're kind of like reflective of each other in some ways. Uh, I yeah I don't I don't know maybe if I would say it is exactly uh, on the level with Cabin in the Woods, but for me it's it's up there, man. It's definitely up there. But so yeah, let, let's talk about the 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 comedy itself like it opens with a ridiculous toy commercial that's when i knew the tone of this movie was not what i was anticipating exactly you know when, right? whenever i watched that trailer i was like oh god so we're just doing chucky but it's not chucky right. i fucking uh-huh. get it it's a creepy doll right. like okay i get it Annabelle James Wan uh-huh. is scared of dolls. Tell me in another way now <laughs> how you're scared silence. of dolls. Like, <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Like that's how I felt watching the trailer for this. It's like, okay, I get it. Like spooky doll, woo. Um, but then as soon as the movie started, and it's this like, like okay, I watched it on Peacock where uh-huh. you know with with Peacock it shows you like two minutes of ads and Before, then the movie starts. And, yeah, and you watch the movie. Yeah. So it was like a couple ads for like whatever fucking car commercials or whatever. And then I get, you know, the the universal screen. And then I was like, what the fuck? Is it another commercial? <laughs> <laughs> and then it's like, oh, the dog died. Some pets last forever. Like it was so darkly funny, man, with the, uh, what do they call forever pets that are like uh-huh. kind of Furbies, but they have these creepy ass like people teeth and uh-huh. they fart and shit and, and fart stuff. and shit. Like, <laughs> what the fuck was that? Like this set me up for like, okay, this yeah. is going to be a weirder movie than I thought it was going to be. Yeah. I think like uh, what they did here is like, I mean, this was James Wan production company was just brainstorming ideas for movies. And, you know, they came up with this and they they attached a writer to it, Akela Cooper, who, you know, they already uh, obviously had a bunch of confidence in with Malignant. Uh, And then they they got a director who had done horror comedy. Uh, They got Gerard Johnstone, who had directed um, Housebound, which I won't spoil for anybody, but good, solid horror comedy. Um, I've heard. I need to yeah, see that one. Definitely, definitely check it out. But once you know, they just had the idea and they attached good talent to it, and I really like that. Like, I love when you know an artist has an idea and really needs to get it out or whatever. But I also like assignment work. I like when mm. there's an idea and it's like, I know you guys are good at this. Can you figure it out? And then you get something like this. You get to see these two are pros. They can kill it. Um, and, you know, like, I, I think, uh, you know, uh, uh, what's her name? Allison Williams. Fuck. <laughs> Allison Williams uh, is an executive producer on this. Like, you, oh. you've got like a lot of investment from the people involved. Like, everybody wants to make this movie and the budget's 12 million dollars and you're talking about 12 million dollars and you have a, a an actual like mechanical uh face and shit you have like pra- practical mask on an actress at times and you blend it with some cgi and it looks like a million bucks 12 million bucks to be precise like it, it's so good looking that you don't know when CGI or practical effects are being used most of the time. And that's probably 
to be attributed to Weta Workshop and their amazing ability to blend practical effects and CGI in a way that just looks great every time. Dude, for real, man. Like that is one of the highest praises that I have for this movie is that the the effects in it were were seamless. Like after yeah. doing some reading about it, you know, you find out that like you said, Weta Workshop touched some stuff up. There is some mask work in here uh-huh. where sometimes sometimes Megan is just a girl wearing yeah, the costume with a Megan mask yep. on. Uh-huh. And then sometimes it's a, a fully animatronic thing that's being yeah. puppeted by people off screen. And yep. sometimes it's a fucking puppet. And uh-huh. <laughs> I, it, it's seamless. I can't tell what is what. Like yep. I can't tell where the puppetry ends and the CGI begins in this. And... You know, something that that really brought to mind for me, and again, this is a comparison that, you know, it's never really worth making comparisons when you're reviewing something because you should just look at something for what it is. But (laughs) it's hard not to compare this to that newer Chucky movie that came out. Yeah. uh, Child's Play. What was that? 2019 or 2020 when that came Uh, out with uh, Aubrey Plaza? I think it was 19, maybe. But yeah, Aubrey Plaza and, and Mark Hamill voicing Chucky, they... You know, I mean, I mean, Chucky fans and and just horror fans in general uh, were already mad about it because you cut the creator out of the Child's Play franchise. But then, yeah, it is an interesting concept, but it wasn't played out well. Well, in that, like it, it really, like at best, that movie is meh. I think, like even if you like overlook yeah. all the drama, it it doesn't do with the ai doll idea what this does it, it's not as well developed and this this is extremely well developed and well thought out and like well done uh on a completely different level not to, i mean you know aubrey plaza is good in that it's it's a fine movie but it it's okay yeah yeah it's, it's all right man but like when you're whenever you're dealing with a modern update on a franchise that was, you know, built on these practical robotic right. doll effects and in that movie it has this fucking CGI silly putty looking fucking right. again my pronunciation Steve Buscemi mask on <laughs> Chucky the whole movie like what the fuck is that meanwhile this movie pulls it off and yep. it doesn't even use like a you know uh, beloved heartstrings nostalgia franchise to pull you in yeah yeah i i think that like that was what everybody said about that child's play basically was it should have just not been a chucky movie like agree that is what hurt it the most is that they were trying to just take a franchise and and slap it on something that is completely different uh but, but like the on idea paper, was this is really similar yeah. Yeah. yeah and i mean when you're talking about a a buddy toy for kids in this age where it's going to have connectivity to the internet and right. your household appliances right. and <laughs> And all this stuff. Like, honestly, on paper, this is pretty similar to that new Child's Play, but it's just like, this is what it should have been. Right. And it, it's, you know, as, as you were saying when we were talking before we were started recording, that it is very relevant to contemporary parenting and the, you know, uh, use of devices and the internet and stuff and how much you have to limit that or, like, you know, how much you even want your kid to be exposed to that etc like this is really like what if an ipad could talk back and be your kid's best friend like you'd be fucked right, right? yeah dude and, and that's you know what i feel like is a theme that 
both of these movies are are really exploring, but I think this one, I don't know. This one does it differently. I'm I'm not going to say it does it better. It does it differently because in this movie, you know, it is it is this woman who has been thrust upon with this like, oh, suddenly you're a mom now because right. You know, this kid's parents died and now you're this kid's guardian and suddenly you're a parent and you have your job, which you have to work at a lot. You have your aspirations. Your kid has its needs. Yeah. How much should we implement technology to help take care of that kid and offer the things that you can't because you're so busy? Because... I mean, fuck, dude. Like, it's it's not like the Child's Play age, man. We talked about that when we reviewed Child's Play, where uh-huh. this woman who is a single mother who works at a department store is able to afford a $100 right. Chucky doll to her kid. Right. Like, that age is long fucking gone, man. If you have kids, dude, and you're a couple, both people are working. If you're single, you're working for two people. How do you have time to give your kid everything that they need, the attention, the companionship they right. need? Where does technology and all of the emerging uh, emerging possibilities of technology, where does that come into play for you as a parent? Right. And this this actually addresses some of what you just said because like the her parents, Katie's parents, couldn't afford the per, uh, perpetual pet. Uh, they got it, like Gemma sent it to them as as a present. Like they they just couldn't afford that. Like they are going on vacation. They're clearly spending family time. Like they're doing okay, but they're still struggling. Like, uh, and then yeah, Gemma is Gemma is providing her with an experience that is only possible because she is a, a childless adult who is focused entirely on her career. So yeah, that that whole like work-life family balance and like balancing your your child's like screen time with like actual interaction time and stuff like that is all playing out in this i think they do a really good job of like showing Gemma as an actual person because like you know she she is not she is not responsible for becoming a mother she is she is a caregiver to this girl she does not have to suddenly be this motherly individual she has insight and and eventually does like realize like she hasn't been giving katie enough individual time and hasn't actually discussed her parents death with her and stuff and so like she realizes she needs to be better at giving care but she never gives up on her career she never becomes this motherly individual uh and i love that because it it I think it's like, you know, it's it's showing that this is is not like, it's not going to change her entire life. It's going to adjust it. Like she she is going to have to adjust to being a caregiver for Katie and showing her, you know, how to be a good individual and an adult, like grow to be an adult and all this stuff. And and Megan's kind of this like, she she does that job so well that Gemma doesn't have to get involved at all and it creates this like ultra dependence on Megan that then makes Katie start lashing out when she can't have Megan which is a thing that I know parents deal with with kids and screen time. Oh yeah. Yeah. And, and you know what I'll I'll counter some of that stuff that you said about Gemma too where 
I kind of got this vibe out of this movie where, you know, whenever whenever Katie comes to live with Gemma and like Gemma her hears her like crying behind the door that one night and stuff. Uh-huh. Like she's like, "Oh man, this kid really needs a parent." Yeah. Off to the laboratory to exactly. design a robot and it's like, "Go yeah. in there and fucking <laughs> You know, cuddle that kid, do something. But instead, the solution is like, I know what I'll do. I'll create technology to do it. Which like, is what she's kind good of this, at. Yeah, like she, that's, it that's is. her talent. It is. Yeah. Yeah. But it, it's not the but solution. Like, you could take it as, yeah, missing the point right. and being like, well, instead of helping this kid, I'm going to make a robot that will help this kid. I'm going to uh-huh. devote all my time to creating technology that can help the kid, whereas I could just go in there and sit with her and you know read her a story or whatever. right yeah talk to her about what's going on yeah i i think yeah that she it, it's really cool to see a character who doesn't d- doesn't uh prescribe or doesn't like fully fall into the old trope because the trope is the you know whether it's a, a man or a woman uh gets this child that they're wholly unprepared for and then by the end they become this you know very like good parent who wants to be a parent more than anything and i don't feel like that's Gemma. that's true yeah you're right because i feel like if this was an 80s movie it would be like she discovered her own maternal instinct because she's a lady right I think, I mean, and, and we'll talk about how Megan is a queer icon, but I, I think Anna and I were talking about how Gemma seems to be potentially a queer character. She seems queer coded. Uh, Dude, it, Kate said the same thing. Yeah. Like my, my, my gaydar is totally busted. It, uh-huh. I don't think it ever existed to begin with, but Kate pointed this out too. And I was like, wait, really? And then I was watching it for a second time while I was making some dinner tonight. And I was like, oh, like, yeah, there is really nothing that tells me that she's not i guess yeah Yeah, she she she's definitely not like dedicated to femininity in the sense of like wearing makeup and dressing in in a a sexy manner or anything at no point does she seem interested in a relationship with anyone she seems very uh happy as she is so you know whether it's uh whether you know she she's into women or whether she's she's asexual or whatever like uh you know seems I was gonna like say she doesn't seem interested in anybody frankly right, yeah yeah she she's definitely seems not neurotypical as well like it, the character is so interesting I think Allison Williams brings so much to the character that like it, it's it's nuance that like it just shows like she's she's really good at this like she we see it and get out too, like her, her ability to put the little nuances in facial expressions, like the way she, the way she goes, uh, in get out from like, you know, uh, lying to completely cold in that oh, one. She's scene. good. Dude. She's yeah. so fucking good. Ooh. So yeah, I think she's great in this. And like, she brings a lot to the character that makes, and I love that she's that. embracing horror movies too. Man. Yes, like she's yeah. really leaning into her role as like a modern day uh, stream queen. queen. Yeah, uh huh. Yeah, I mean we're we're really lucky in this era. We've got so many like awesome scream queens. Jenna Ortega, uh, Chloe Moretz has been in so many fucking horror movies. Like, and Allison Williams. Like, you know, I, I what's her name in the witch? Uh, oh yeah, yeah, fucking, huh? yeah, uh, yeah. Fucking oh Jesus! Ah, fuck. She's also in the menu and uh, the menu. Ah, no, I feel so bad because Anya Taylor Joy. Holy Anya, shit. I know I somebody it. was just like beating on their dash. Like, <laughs> yeah. Fuck it, Anya Taylor yeah, Joy. 
Yeah. But we are in totally like a hot period of awesome Scream Queens right now. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. I think it's um, it brings a lot more um, attention and respectability to horror. Not that horror needs respectability. I mean, uh, horror can be absurd and campy and gross and gory, and, and that's awesome. But there is a whole avenue of horror that is becoming much has become much more respectable uh for a while they're always you know any any uh critics who might mention you know horror movies would maybe talk about the shining or psycho and that'd be it but now there's just so many in conversation where every you know a lot of critics would agree oh you know this is a good a good movie um i i i i think that uh the entire like enterprise of this film is maybe one of the most recent examples of a movie where it clearly is set up to be to have more than one film uh and i it's like one of the few times where that's happened and i'm like good please please do it please do more like sure the the sequel setup is definitely there with uh you know the the assistant guy who like downloads all the megan stuff uh oh the nedry of the movie dude the yeah, nedry Kurt. yeah yeah i love i i was i was like yes please more 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 uh th- this um man <laughs> i gotta st- i i gotta get back to actually talking about the film because all i'm doing is praising it <laughs> well i'm with you though as far as like the sequels go because there are there are some things that come out these days where, you know, the, the, the end of the movie is some kind of like shitty cliffhanger and it's like, oh, right. in case this makes a bunch of movie, we have uh, a bunch of money, we have room for a sequel or whatever. Right. Like, whereas with this, you know, with, with, with the end of this movie where we see the little Elsie, which is uh-huh. like the Amazon Alexa kind of thing, you know, light uh-huh. up at the very end of the movie and you're like, oh shit, like Megan has downloaded herself into the cloud, basically. Uh-huh. So... She is digitally immortal at this point. Right. Um, the the thing that's interesting about this is, as technology advances at its, you know, terrifyingly exponential rate as it is, mm-hmm. um, you know, by the time that they're ready to make a sequel to this, God knows what kind of technology is going to be around to write right. a movie around, dude. Like I was going through, I was going through photos on my phone the other day. And I found um, pictures from, was it late 2020 or 2021 when Dolly Mini, that like Uh, AI Uh art generator, right? like when that became publicly available, I mean, that was just like a year or so ago, right? Right. And it was, it was, it was pretty bad. And now it was like kind of crap, but it was still like, oh, this is fun. Yeah. And now... The stuff that is being generated from AI, like a year later, is fucking insane. It is like terrifying how quickly yeah. the shit has advanced. So, if they're wanting to make, which I, I believe I read that they're gonna do, you know, Megan two point uh-huh, yeah. in like twenty 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 five. Yep. Mm-hmm. Dude, I'm like, excited. what is Amazon Alexa gonna be doing then? What is Chat GPT gonna be doing then? Right. Like, yeah. Holy shit, we might be watching fucking AI generated movies by that point, you know? Maybe. Like maybe Megan makes a movie. What the fuck? <laughs> what do we know? So the idea that she is in this, you know, internet technological cloud at the end of this 
opens up the possibility for, well, you know, whatever's going on in a year or two, we'll pick up there. It's yeah. kind of endless in a way. It is, and I, I, I like that. I, I really do just want it to be uh, an 80s-style horror franchise that goes so silly, so ridiculous. Just, I don't care if half of the uh, installments are terrible or whatever. I don't care. I'm, I'm into it. I'm down for it. And I think you're right. Like, yeah, every time there's a new advance, it would be like, yep, well, that's something for Megan to deal with. Right. For real. It's like, well, let's pick up there. Okay. So we're doing, you know, crazy fucking, um, uh, deep fake robot shit. Like where we, you know, have generated these crazy fake videos of people perpetrating crimes. All right. Megan does that. You know, yeah, yeah. Here, here's Megan making a video of you robbing a Hardee's or whatever, like and ruining your life. <laughs> Absolutely, like, you yeah. can just pick up wherever technology goes. It's right there, <laughs> and you get cool. that cross promotion with Hardee's. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> the mighty Mega Burger. Yeah, she makes a video where you commit murder in a Hardee's and then uh, order a Monster Burger <laughs> with three patties, Mathrigan. Oh, damn. It's the Mathrigan Mega Burger. Oh, Oh my god burger king call us we got ideas <laughs> yeah we're ready we're totally right here for it yeah uh I'm, yeah so I'm, I'm with you like i'm here for sequels and i mean honest to god if they got really fucking crazy considering that this is all uh fucking wannaverse and it is all kind of around that seattle dude, area yes give me malignant crossover yeah i mean again like i didn't adore either of those i like them like mm-hmm. I, I like them a lot honestly but i'm yeah. not like holy shit these are like my favorite movies ever but if there was yeah a, a megan gabriel crossover movie yes please fuck yes i would fuck watch yeah. that Absolutely. that sounds crazy as yeah. shit 100 insane i want it <laughs> um I do want to talk about the, because, you, you know, you talked about Child's Play and in the preview palace or, you know, in the intro, intro we were talking about Pinocchio, Simon. Both of those seem to be inspirations. Uh, and you mentioned that the assistant is Nedry. There's there's some Jurassic Park in here for sure. Oh, um, man, there's big Michael Crichton energy going on in yes. this entire thing for sure. Yes. Um, but I think. The, what feels like the primary inspiration to me is, is Frankenstein, because what you really have here is um, a final confrontation with the creator um, and this like idea of full acceptance of of Megan as a co-parent and whatnot. So like it really is like Frankenstein seeking his acceptance among people. Uh, and and being rejected and of course getting violent uh that's that's kind of what happens here like if if in the end Gemma was like okay yeah we can co-parent i feel like megan wouldn't kill her if she was being honest i feel like they just would that that would be it but her creator rejects her and so i want to talk then because frankenstein is kind of one of the the earliest um novels about an undead character uh, but you can't call Megan undead. Uh, and I have talked yeah, about... Yeah, she was never alive. There's nothing right. organic necessarily yeah. about her. Right. So, um, I and I talked about this back when I used to teach a class on the undead. Um, the the concept of unlife, which is um, uh, basically AI that develops to the point that it is uh, indiscernible from humanity... 
and mm. therefore uh, the only thing stopping it from being accepted as human is that humans refuse to accept it. And ah, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. So everything about Megan is is very much she is a person. She she has um, programming, but we all do. You can't really uh, argue that that humans are really truly considering everything that we do. Lots of things that we do are just automatic. Um, so unlife, like you get this real interesting moment where they're sitting at the picnic table and um, Gemma says, Megan's not a person, she's a toy. And Katie says, you don't get to say that. And that's interesting mm-hmm. because uh. to Katie, Megan is a person. To Katie, well, yeah, Megan's I mean, a person. You know, it, if you flash back to how attached we got to our toys yeah as kids i mean even if it was just my little blue bear that i had when i was a little kid you know like no you know it's like don't mistreat blue bear it's like blue bear was like a fucking uh, a person to me and it's got to be one of those things that we have to consider with the future and again as technology and ai develops where you know to to us our little buddies when we were kids were yeah our little stuffed animals and stuff that were completely non-animated non-living they were just we created their personalities in our head and gave them personhood like we felt they were people yeah but you know in the in the present and definitely in the future boy howdy are these things ever going to get a whole lot more complicated (laughs) when blue bear can interface with a kid and talk about feelings and Uh, uh, oh man stuff is going to get really really hard to know how to understand like th- this technology is definitely going to advance way faster than we know how to handle it <laughs> oh yes 100 percent. we're uh we're just going to be i don't know it's already the case with like uh you know just since i'd say the past 30 years since like 93 the internet and then smartphones and stuff have revolutionized our worlds and we still our brains really can't handle them like we can Dude, we're still but just like like yeah it's fucking this is one of those up. things i think about all the time where i'm yeah. like dude like fucking two generations ago two generations ago yeah you know my people were living on a farm and they had a smokehouse uh-huh. and they probably knew like 20 people yeah <laughs> like at most yeah that's it yeah and now yeah we we can uh, read the thoughts and feelings of millions of people uh see videos all around the world like our our brains can't fully understand it um but we it, I don't know. It's changing us. It is definitely changing us. And shit like this, like AI and and you know all the potential there. It, I don't know how we're going to handle it. I I know already. If you showed you know Mima an AI image of of anything, she'd believe it. She'd sure. be like, yeah. Oh, well, I guess that happened. Pretty picture, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. So unless she yeah. was an electric mamma. <laughs> yeah, if she's an electric, <laughs> we should re- we should remake Electric Grandmother as Electric Mamaw, and it's in the South. <laughs> she makes biscuits and gravy. 
I love this idea. Electric man. I think her her little fingers a cigarette lighter. Like, of course, let me light this up for you. <laughs> um, let's talk about okay. So, on uh, life, uh, I I think it's a very interesting thing. I I, I want to talk about it more every time we do something where I I could fit it into that category. But it, it's just an interesting idea of like, you know, it really initiated with me with. Uh, data on star trek and they really explored like when like is he a person he's not he's not right flesh yeah. and blood but is he a person because he has opinions he has like you know ideas you know it's not he's not exactly like a human or whatever but then they you know introduces his brother lore who does have much more like humanity to him and it's like but it's just programming but like it's all such an interesting issue to me about just how how important uh, like can you ascribe to humanity humanity to something that is not flesh and blood and i i feel like you can i i feel like at a certain point we will have AI that we have created that is unfortunately aware of itself and suffering the way that humans suffer because of that awareness uh, and to then say that that's not human is going to be, that would be crazy. But I mean, I, I know that will happen. People will deny it's humanity, but it is. I mean, to me, that is still humanity. Humanity isn't about flesh and blood. It's about self-awareness. It's about that ability oh, yeah. to think that we have. And yeah. Some other animals clearly have on, on a certain level. Yeah, this is definitely going to be stuff that we have to deal with, uh, with within our lifetimes. Because, yeah. you know, yeah. again, as quickly as things are advancing, um, I, I am sure within our lifetimes, we're going to get to a point where it's like, hey, does this AI get to vote? You know? Right. Because yes. it is seeing just raw statistics. It's unclouded by emotion, as Which- all of us are. It is, probably is voting better than us, if anything. You know. Well, you I mean, it makes you wonder. Like, we're going to have to have this debate. You say unclouded by emotion. I think genocide. <laughs> that's that's where right, that goes, dude, right? And, and like, this is where this is going to go. Like, these yeah. are the debates that we're going to have. And uh, I think that this movie. I mean, obviously, it doesn't go that deep into things, but it really does start asking those questions a little bit. Yeah, it does. I yeah I I really uh, it, it's 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 scary it's interesting you know we're constantly scared of the future and then the future turns out to be different than our our full fears but still some of those fears tend <laughs> Not to less scary but yeah different. <laughs> different yeah that's what I would say it isn't necessarily less scary it's different and we learn to adjust to it or whatever but there there's a lot of potential there. Uh, let's talk about Megan as a as a gay icon, as a as a queer icon. I'm curious about this because yeah. uh, again, I, I I have no function in gaydar, but like I, I didn't pick up on 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 any of this. So when you brought this up, I was like, wait, what? Okay, yeah. Well, see, it's it's not necessarily that she is gay; it's that she is iconic uh, to the gay community, and some people have talked about this, like. Uh, it definitely was like when that trailer hit of her dancing, there was a lot of discussion of that on Twitter. But since the movie has come out, like uh, Eric, Eric Piperberg, Piperberg 
of uh, the New York Times described Megan as uh, uh, being the gorgeous and loyal but messy and insolent woman, the type of woman gay men are protective of. Uh, Akela Cooper um, attributed that the I- icon status to the found family motif of the film. Like, you know, this is a an aunt and her niece and a robot living as a family. Uh, and that that is, in the queer community, found family is... is very often, you know, it's a positive thing, but of course, uh, uh, a result of a lot of queer kids being kicked out of their house and stuff like that, or not being sure, you know, loved by their family. But it is, you yeah. know, this, this found family motif is 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 interesting, and also uh, Asia if ticker, I think, of Pink News was uh, also attributed uh, Megan's like gay icon status to the campness of the movie. Uh, just how campy it is and it's like absurdity and the ways that it um, it really just like it, it isn't afraid to go there like it isn't afraid to have a little boy's ear ripped off and <laughs> have him killed uh, for a laugh it, it's not afraid of those things and, and that is I mean that's the type of thing you see in a John Waters film and yeah, I was gonna say it's kind of John Watersy for sure exactly so yeah so there's the re- there's a good reason for her to be a gay icon, not like the Babadook where they just accidentally put it into the LGBT category on Netflix, and then everybody was like, "Oh, okay, <laughs> I guess he's a gay icon." <laughs> <laughs> that one I definitely didn't understand, but okay. <laughs> hey, listen, he's a monster who, who who comes out of a closet, so he does. It's he true, does. and he, he's a All snappy right. dresser. Um, he's got an Snazzy, he's got an aesthetic yeah. for sure. <laughs> for sure yes yes all right all right as does megan she's definitely got that uh oh yeah olsen the, the missing olsen triplet sheet uh-huh. going on i guess yeah no the i mean the designers really were going for like old hollywood like glamorous beauties um it, it's it's interesting it, it does i would say yeah she does look like an olsen and <laughs> three of them are you know hollywood uh uh stars so she she's got that look like it i guess the idea behind it for a kid would be like oh my gosh i can't believe this like movie star looking kid is my friend or whatever um mm-hmm. but it, it's it's also like <laughs> i just thought about it like when i was watching it again like why wouldn't they make her look more like a normal kid like, cause her eyes are gigantic. She looks like an anime kid. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. uh, and then it's like, well, of course they wouldn't because you actually need it to, to be like verifiably not a child. Like, you know, the, the teacher at that school, when she sees the kid, it's like, or when she sees Megan, she's like, what the fuck? Like immediately, like it doesn't look that. like a human child. But then once she knows it's a toy, she's settled. She's cool with it. Now it's like, oh, okay, it's a toy. I love that this movie acknowledges that because I feel like in so many other movies, when there's some character that's like a robot, people uh-huh. are just like, oh, a robot, huh? Uh-huh. How neat. <laughs> yeah. Whereas in this, like, multiple people are like, what the fuck is that? Oh, God. <laughs> like, people visually recoil the same yes. way that we, the audience, do. But, you know, again, like, the people that are involved in the project, they just go with it. It's like, yeah, it's a yeah. robot. It's cool or whatever. But, yeah. like, normal people are like, what the fuck? <laughs> but they do get used to it pretty easily. And I think that is, the that is like, the reasoning behind making her look just enough not human. 
that like you're not going to mistake her for a a child um you're going to immediately recognize this is this is not a, a human child uh, which is a positive mm-hmm. when you're dealing with an AI. You don't want them to be able to blend in. And then you're like, oh, which kid do I shoot? I made uh, a replicant. Whoops. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. I, I mean, the, the the idea of her as a gay icon is really cool to me. Um, I also think that, like, that dance scene and her singing Titanium are so fucking iconic they are so badass. Like she, she is that she is like at this absolute height of hubris. Like she, she kills a kid and then she sings a song about how she's bulletproof and you're not, you can't get her cause she's fucking tight. Like she's like, that scene is so like eerie because you can tell what's going through her head. Like I'm untouchable. I can do whatever the fuck I want. Uh, mm. And then she d- dances down the hall <laughs> and kills this guy. Like, it, there's, it's so brazen. It's out in the open, but she's not worried because she can control the cameras. She can control the security systems. She can control everything. The narrative, yeah. Yeah. And then that means, like, that final confrontation, the one thing that she thought she had complete control over, Katie turns on her and that final battle is fucking rad like she gets choke slammed through a table <laughs> ECW yes, ECW what? I was like N- there's no way when they were putting that together that the person doing it wasn't like like pro wrestling that's exactly what I see in my head like pro wrestling and that's what it looks like and it's so cool <laughs> Oh yeah yeah for sure man and and I'll say too man the entire physicality of, of Megan, whether oh, it's she's so good person or CG or uh-huh. puppet or whatever. It is all, it's all it's so convincing. Like yeah. there's definitely a lot of scenes in this where I'm sure that it is the actress wearing yeah. a mask and then uh-huh. the mask has probably been touched up in CG, but just her, her robotic sort of nature and the way that she she's walks so and sits down and gestures uh-huh. and dude it's wh- all close enough but yeah. just not quite right like they really definitely put a lot of work into getting the physicality correct with this thing where it's she's just so it's good. uncanny valley it's close yeah. but you just reject it you're like it's not quite right yeah. that's got to be hard to do absolutely uh amy donald uh, 12 years old when they filmed it i think 12 uh, she like the dance is perfect. She fucking pulls that, uh, that blade off the paper slicer thing. And when she's yeah, walking, real menacing. Yeah. she's walking like fucking Arnold. She's walking like Kane Hodder. Like she has the presence of a big, strong dude. And she's a 12 year old girl in a dress yeah. looking cute as hell and scary as fuck. It's awesome. <laughs> like, it's so like that, that. I don't know. That scene is like, there's so many moments in the film where I don't even know what I'm feeling. It's like some, mm-hmm. it's like some form of elation and terror <laughs> where I'm like, this is awesome. Ah, oh, that's fucking scary. What? <laughs> <laughs> what did you think about the, uh, the, the dog run in the woods when she goes oh, quadrupedal man, and starts dude. running after the boy? Oh, yes. Like she, I don't know, like, 
you know, she she does such a good job of convincing you that she is basically human that when she does that animal run, it is like just so badass because it's just a reminder of like actually she's more than human. She's like beyond human. She is frightening. Yeah. And and I wondered about that too where you know, after she does that that quadrupedal run and catches up to that kid, this is after she's had the encounter with the dog. So yes. I wonder if she is like watching and learning like, oh, mm-hmm. this is how predators act, like this is a more efficient way to run and catch yeah. something. Yeah. Like I wonder if that's part of her learning algorithm where she's adapting to whatever, well, not just human traits, but just predator traits of any kind. They have that really good, like interesting moment where she's just standing at the window while Katie's out playing and she she's staring at a butterfly and then she like looks up at a helicopter and then like she sees the arrow like flying at her and there's no like nothing is said there's nothing on screen but it's like you can see she's processing all these different ways of flying I like didn't catch this one that. flaps That's its wings rad. this one has its blades yeah yeah Whoa. it's real interesting because she's like you can see her like processing things as you said she's processed a lot of what's going on and adapting to all these things that you can't just learn from the internet or from programming. Like she is, she is putting things together and it's frightening. Like the way they play that scene is it's a, it's scary. Like she is just standing there kind of still only moving her eyes. And it's just like, what is happening? What is going through her head? Definitely stuff, you know, like I, I love some of those touches that they put into this that show, the deeper thinking that's going on behind what we can see. Like Uh even that part where um, they think she's offline and they're talking about how did Katie's parents die. And then she, I guess Google searches it or whatever. And she's like, Katie's parents were killed in a car crash, whatever. Like the way that her eyes are moving Uh back and forth as she says that, as if she's reading text on Google, like on a screen. (laughs) It's so cool. (laughs) That's cool. It kind of shows us that there's always some kind of thought going on behind these things, that this isn't just, yeah, you know, plain old robot um, action, you Mm -hmm. know, motivated only by programming or whatever. And also, you've, I love how in the final confrontation, just it's been unspoken this whole time that Megan is mad at Gemma because Gemma doesn't talk to her anymore. Like in programming her. She had conversations with her, and they had a friendship, and now Gemma treats Megan like a product. Like, she, you know, she mutes her. She turns her off and stuff. It's like, hmm. she's she's very much like, Megan is pissed off that her friend is now just in complete control of her and has no, like, compunction about just turning her off. Like, that. that's an interesting little wrinkle going on. Like they're basically having this like friend spat at the end. And I love how it's played too. Cause they're both trying to like assuage Katie and get her to go back to bed. <laughs> like <laughs> it's, it's like a real funny sort of fight where they're having to pretend they're not fighting. And I, I don't know. I, I like, I like the way that the movie has all these subtle little things the 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 writing is clearly like indicating so many subtle little things without 
all this like fucking exposition because this movie could have just been exposition upon exposition upon exposition but the thing is you don't need to know how it works it works uh you also do need to know that Gemma is uh, very unethical uh, as she is <laughs> she is uh spying on kids through toys that's scary as fuck <laughs> <Yeah>. too <laughs> <laughs> you know the thing that you were just talking about too though where you know uh, Megan and Gemma used to be tight, yeah. and now it seems like Gemma just tells her what to do and what she's allowed to do and uh-huh. shuts her down and all that kind of shit. It is almost as if Gemma inherited a little kid and created a teenager and now ah. is dealing with both of those things at the same time. Yeah, okay, yeah, she is essentially... I mean, not that Megan needs a mother, but she actually does. That's what we were learning, I guess, by her being upset that Gemma doesn't talk to her anymore. She needed a mother as much as Katie needs a mother. Uh, and, you know, they've come to this woman who's like, I don't want to be a fucking mother. <laughs> yeah. So I'm going to make something that needs a mother and just pawn you off to babysit yeah. this kid. Yes, exactly. Uh, yeah, I, that's interesting. She is She is very much like the teenager, like the older sister to katie i like that Hmm, yeah i also like too now that you mention it that this movie never like villainizes or or demonizes Gemma for like not wanting to be a mom like i feel like that's something that we're slowly accepting as more people i mean like both of ourselves that are childless by choice Uh, so much of our generation is just choosing not to have kids. And uh-huh. I feel like there's a lot more acceptance growing around that. Yeah. Um, hopefully, especially around the female community, because I mean, you know, yeah, they're the ones just a generation. The most. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So, and just a generation or two ago it was nothing, but you know, you're a fucking baby factory, man. Kate right. and I were talking earlier about how like, you know, even for people our age, like all the girls' toys when we were kids were just like baby homemaker yeah, have a baby. prep. Yeah, <laughs> yeah yep. like here's a baby doll that shits itself. Here's Isn't an oven. Learn to, to clean cook. and change diapers. Yeah. yeah, learn how to fucking be a mom. And it's like, I, I'm sure that those kind of things still exist. Sure, and I, I know that you know even my wife gets asked like. So when are you going to start having kids and shit? She still gets asked that shit, but I feel like it's mostly from older generation yeah. people. Maybe I mean, I'm wrong. She'll yeah. probably let me know about that. But well, I think it's also uh, cultural in the there's South. More acceptance. There's there's a lot more in the South yeah. of people being expected to have kids and stuff. But yeah, yeah, you're right. I mean, it, it is it is different, and to have representation of like a good character who loves her work, who likes to do that work and doesn't want to have a kid because she knows she's going to be more invested in her work. It it's just representation of so many people out there who honestly, it's fine. Please don't have a kid that you don't want. That's great. Yeah. Uh yes, that makes the world a better place if you really don't have does. a kid that you don't want. Yes, yep, that's 100%. Correct, so I, yeah, um, speaking I like of that, that last fight too, you know, with with the Bruce robot that Gemma created uh-huh. when she was younger, that that's just living in her garage. That you know, you have to put these big bulky gloves on uh-huh. and control its motions and stuff. Whenever that thing is fighting against Megan, uh, I, I found it, I think, very important that Bruce is f- literally faceless technology. Yeah, like Bruce is not humanoid. He is no. a big bulky right robot. And, He's meant to robot. You know, I, That's it. Yeah. Exactly. He's meant to do menial tasks. Right. Like that is kind of the role of, of, of that sort of technology. And I feel like this movie, you know, w- with all of its messages about like what, what kind of role should tech take? Should tech take on the role of emotional labor 
as well as, you know, uh, 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 physical menial stuff. I feel like Bruce is kind of the, the movie's way of saying, like, let's keep tech faceless. Let's keep it out of the realm of humanoid. It's probably best suited just to make tasks and physical labor easy. Let's not go into emotional labor yet with right. tech. It's, I feel like, what it's saying with the literally faceless nature of Bruce. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think that, uh, you know, it's it's very interesting, too, that Gemma is this, like, Tony Stark type. Like, she's just got all this, like, tech and this, like, intelligence and stuff that she can create, this, like, robot. And then this other AI robot. Like, she's, she's like, brilliant. And that that could i mean i know this is ridiculous but <laughs> she could be the tony stark of this like weird wannaverse <laughs> where basically yes she becomes like fucking iron man or something <laughs> i'd love that i'm fine with that i'm totally so fine ridiculous. with that yes yeah. sure yeah why not you know, <laughs> she has to make a robot suit for Gabriel that has like the head on backwards or it has like two, two faces on it or some shit. I don't yeah. know. Who cares? Who gives a Give shit? Give it to just me. Do I'm it. fine yeah, with that. I don't care. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. This movie's just like good, clean fun. Uh, and also if you are uh, dealing with loss or coping or whatever, it's a real healthy movie that like does show like, hey, you know. You, you you can't avoid it. You you uh, certainly can't erase it from your mind. You you just got to get through it. Um, I think I think that's like a really good message, especially when we're talking about a killer doll movie. It's a really good little <laughs> bit. Like this movie uh, made me cry, and we've covered horror movies that make me cry. They don't normally have killer dolls in them. They're normally like much darker and more like, you know, about isolation, like the bitch or, uh, fucking, uh, you know, uh, St. Uh, Maud or whatever, uh, about like, you know, religious fervor and whatnot, like stuff that really gets at like the core of humanity. And this, I think does that. I think it really does get at the core of humanity that we try so hard to create things to make, being human easier um and no matter what we do no matter what we create it it just doesn't take away the pain of loss you can't do Mm -hmm. it it's impossible it's even interesting to me that like i know that that descartes had uh an automaton that looked like his his dead daughter that he would carry around with him and like you know it's just interesting that like we we can develop so many different ways to try to deal with our grief, but no matter what, it's still there, and all that the only solution is to go through it, to just be yeah. in the depths of it, and eventually come out the other side. Right. Yeah, that's just part of the entire uh, human experience, as well as sometimes getting mauled and destroyed by a little robot kid uh, <laughs> maybe your face fucking peeled off with a uh, oh, high dude. pressure bug spray or what or pesticide <laughs> so we watched the unrated cut is that what you watched yeah yeah uh-huh. and so i've never seen the the original theatrical cut that was pg-13 i uh-huh. understand that they made 
the movie and then they're like uh we need to tone some of this down this is a little too violent so they made a uh, a pg-13 cut for theaters and stuff uh-huh. there but again i haven't seen that one i've just seen the unrated one where we have yeah that that violent ass ear rip and car hit scene the- we have dude that that scene where she lures the lady into the garage using Whoo, uh, buddy yeah dude and then she uses okay. I was happy to see her use a fucking pressure washer because okay. Listen, yeah, we as a society mm-hmm. we don't fear the pressure washer enough. I we know should. it's what a lot of us look at as what we use to clean our our decks and our driveways and stuff. But dude, a pressure washer could straight up fuck you up. Yeah, yeah. Oh, absolutely. You could fuck somebody up entirely with a pressure washer. I mean, they have fucking pressure uh, water pressure uh saws that cut through stone and shit <laughs> like, oh yeah yeah tile high saws enough, you're yeah. Fucked. yeah yeah so i was happy to see that used and then yeah whenever she she like sprays her with that pesticide or whatever and it, like melts her face off she shoots, <laughs> shoots her with that nail gun and shit too it's like she used everything in the fucking garage man yeah, it's so cool i i think there's a like that and and later when Gemma like uh is like wrapping up megan after she like turns her off both of those seem like evil dead inspired it's specifically Mm. the scene where ash is in that like tool shed making the chainsaw hand like the way it's edited and shot is very much like that and love it Hmm. love any evil dead homage yeah yeah, the kills in this, you know, past those two, those are the ones that really stick out to me. Like, there's not a whole lot else that's, like, super, super brutal. Um, at the same time, I don't feel like I'm like, man, this would have been ten times better if they would have showed us some really horrific, gruesome nah, shit. Like, I don't nah, really does need that. necessarily feel like that. Like, nah. it's not like the movie is, uh, is, is hurting for not being more brutal. Uh, that scene where like Katie gets her, you know, arm bit by that dog. Like uh-huh. even that's not really that bad. Although I do love <laughs> after that dog, like shakes Megan's head around and like Megan pops back up and is like talking to Gemma's like, Oh, she has trauma to her arm uh-huh. wounds or whatever. And like, she looks kind of fucked off. Like yeah. she's got all those leaves and shit <laughs> in her hair and she's all yeah. disheveled looking, but she's talking all normal. Like, yeah, that was like funny and kind of creepy at the same time. I did like that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I thought like, um, yeah, the, I like, I re- feel so terrible for the neighbor and the neighbor's dog. Because they yeah. literally did nothing. <laughs> like the, the, no. If you reach through a fence with a dog on the other side, a, a dog will probably bite you. That that's yeah, just it's, common. Yeah, protecting its turf. Yeah, yeah. Like any any dog could have been a fucking chihuahua. Actually, yeah. it would have been more likely if it was chihuahua. Well, and probably more savage. <laughs> yes, one hundred percent. But yeah, like they didn't do anything. And and the thing is, like, I had to remind myself of that watching it again. I had to be like, listen. Megan's a bad person. (laughs) Megan's not good. You have to remember, Megan's not the good person. They didn't do anything wrong. The kid in the in the woods was definitely a bully, and really, yeah. I mean, as you said, doesn't seem like he's gonna be uh, doing anything great in the future. But it's also not cool to kill kids. So, like, (laughs) well, you know, (laughs) but she's just following her programming. I mean, at the end of the day, it's it's not not like she is choosing to be evil or anything it's like her directive is protect the child i have interfaced with and when that's 
when that's the area, there yeah. is no gray area. It's just black and white. Like this person is harming the child. This person isn't. Well, and so there's going to be some casualties there right. that aren't quite deserved. There's definitely though the tipping point where she goes from trying to protect Katie to killing just protecting herself <laughs> and stealing maybe? a sports car yeah oh my god yes <laughs> megan driving a bugatti fuck yeah it's so cool, cool. all right <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah there's 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 definitely like the moment where like she's she's gonna kill david uh because david wants her to be at this little like thing uh making her not with katie uh like she's gotten to the point where it's like well that's not that's not enough of a reason to kill someone and then she kills the the other guy i guess in an attempt to remain unique i didn't know exactly why that was except you know well she does set up that like you know why she's doing it is is that she's framing him and then you know can't have him talking or whatever so I guess that makes sense, but also like I was wondering if it had to do with him stealing those files. Does she not want that to get out? Does she not want uh, an army of her? Or you know, hmm. you know, I, I I don't know. It's it's all very interesting, and I'm sure uh, Megan 2.0 will follow up on a lot of this because we do have Akela Cooper coming back. And um, they are in negotiations with Gerard Johnstone to direct. And I hope he does come back because I think the movie looks great and is well shot. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. It is a good looking movie. Um, again, outside of the effects and everything, everything in here looks pretty fucking sharp to me, man. Uh, and I also feel like, too, this movie is very self-aware of the fact that, I mean, it's not exactly hyper innovative in a lot of the ways it's like right. it is kind of it's been done. terminator plus chucky plus possessed doll and this movie i think leans into it i mean when you describe the electric grandmother the electric grandmother yeah. this movie like it's been done yeah but this movie kind of acknowledges it and i think very openly plays into some things that you've seen from other movies i mean that scene where she's like you know, her face is melted off and she's like army crawling towards him is like, oh, that's just fucking straight out of, I think, is it Child's Play 2? Two, I think, when yeah. He does that? Yeah, when he's on the conveyor belt and he's like, yeah, crawling toward him with no face. That's cool. Yeah, it is. It's it's definitely like, it knows its um, its inspirations and is, is, is clear about them. And I think like, it's not trying to, to hide um, that. Yeah, we know, we all know Child's Play. This is a different thing. <laughs> this uh, this toy isn't murderous, not because it was a murderer, but because it's protecting a kid. So eh, it's a little bit different. Yeah, you know? But at the same time, it's not trying to be like, oh, this is something fucking innovative. You've never seen anything like this before. Like, it's self-aware enough to have some fun with that, I think. And I appreciate that, man. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't, I don't think I have anything else to say about this. Uh, I'm ready to slap rating on it. How about you? You know, yeah, like I, I would say for, for as much of the, the gushing as we've done about it, um, I think that there is a, a slightly inconsistent tone, not even necessarily throughout the movie, but from like character to, to character. Like, okay. I feel like, I feel like some characters in this thought that this was a dark comedy and some characters in this knew they were in a horror movie and, 
I, I feel like the tone and the dialogue from character to character can be a little bit inconsistent. Um, yeah. and, and again, it's not even really that that bad of a thing. I was entertained the entire time that yeah. I was watching it, but like that tonally, it feels like the the vibe could have been a little bit more consistent. I feel like it it maybe could have been like fifteen minutes shorter. Like it's it feels only an hour just thirty. A, is it just an hour thirty? Yeah, it's like hour thirty three huh. when the credits hit. I think. I felt like it could have just used just like a little bit of trimming up around the edges and stuff. Hmm. Just okay. felt like just a little, a little bit long to me, but but not by much. I mean, it's not like this is a fucking two and a half hour slog fest or right. anything. Just felt like it could have been a little tighter considering what a simple story it is. Like if this was an eighty minute movie, that would work. You know what I mean? Okay. Like wouldn't have been a tremendous difference, but it would have worked. I mean, I wouldn't sacrifice a moment of it, but I I, I hear you. <laughs> Yeah, but I think it's really cool that, you know, we have this entire sort of tech horror subgenre that is going to become more and more relevant and more and more important. I mean, things like like Black Mirror have been exploring this for for years now. And of course, tech horror has always been a thing. I mean, again, going yep. back to Mary Shelley's Frankenstein, yep. like that's kind of the first tech horror movie, but yep. as technology becomes more and more seamlessly interfaced with our lives, the more of a threat this is going to become and the scarier the possibilities of said tech yeah. that we are reliant on is going to become. Uh, I mean, when we're talking about fucking arming police bots and shit uh, like this, it's yeah. like, yeah, those bots shit's gonna get scary. Stuff. Yeah, it's, it is. Shit's gonna get scary really soon. Oh, that was another like robo reference that this kind of paid homage to. Like there's that scene where that guy was poking Megan with the prod right. and yeah. she like mm-hmm. corrects her balance. Like that's straight out of those terrifying ass yeah. Boston dynamic Absolutely. videos for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So I appreciate that this is kind of taking on ground that, yeah, we're just going to be living with the rest of our lives as technology and AI progresses. So I appreciate it for that. I appreciate it for being just a a fun one-off. Like, again, it's not like a, a grief-stricken A24 right. mega art house movie. It is kind of a popcorn fun flick that you don't have to put right. yeah. too much thought into. But then you can also think about the ethical questions like we're sure. talking about and Get a little bit deeper on it if you want to, or just enjoy uh, the ridiculous commercials and Megan singing <laughs> uh, creepy little Disney songs to the kids and shit. So good. Uh, yeah. For myself, I think that, again, it was definitely a lot better than I was expecting, for uh-huh. sure. I had very low expectations going into it. Like, I figured this is going to be like a two kind of thing where I just wasn't going to like it at all. You got me right. excited about it because you, you liked it a lot. Yeah. You and uh-huh. I typically line up on a lot of uh-huh. opinions on these movies. For me, I'm going to say, oh, and I'll also say, too, I think just this conversation about it has, has elevated it for me just because I like oh, talking good. about it, just like I did with Malignant, too. So yeah. Yeah. I think for me, this is probably like a, I'm going to say like a seven out of ten. Okay. I think seven. All right. Um, I, I will uh, admit that uh, this movie won my heart from the beginning, and I... Yeah, I, I I struggle to have any issues with it, and I this is one time where our scores are go, are going to be a bit different because I'm I'm giving it a ten. Uh, this Damn. is this is the student that shows up in class and makes conversation easy and does well enough on everything. You get an A. 
<laughs> you get an A. Thank Damn. you. <laughs> you did the thing I needed you to do. Uh, yeah, I Stone love Megan. Cold Robo 10, yep. dude. Giving yep. Megan the dime, mm-hmm. dude. Dropping a dime on Megan. And I'll tell you what, I am super excited for everything else uh, Akela Cooper, Cooper has in store because I know she uh, wrote The Nun 2, which is coming out this year. And I would have had no interest in seeing that movie because I hated the first one. Not like in the least bit interested in seeing a continuation of that story, except that she's writing it. Uh, and she's huh. fucking awesome. That's got, yeah, I'm definitely more interested now that I know that. I yeah. want to watch some interviews and stuff with her just to see because, like, yeah. clearly, I mean, her vibe reads as somebody that really enjoys horror, especially Absolutely. like 80s and 90s, yeah. you know, uh, kind of shit like we yeah, do. So, she gets it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm interested to see anything else that she has her hands in. So, yeah, sign me up, man. Sign me up for Megan, too. Sign yep. me up for Malignant Megan too. versus Gabriel. <laughs> Megan like, versus whatever. Gabriel. Fuck yeah. Sure. <laughs> Fine. Like, maybe her head spins around backwards and have to oh, fight that yes. way. I don't fucking yes, know. Yes, a backwards fight between a doll and a person. Yes. Sure. <laughs> so, yeah, sign me up. We want to know what your all's thoughts on this one were over on the Facebook group. Again, hang out with uh, with the boys on there and everybody mm-hmm. else that's cool like you. And uh, find us on all the social media apps and all that jazz. Find our Linktree page or just ask Megan to find them for you. She'll sign you up. Oh, thanks, uh, She'll Megan. also direct you to our Patreon page where you can support the show. Yeah, uh, patreon.com forward slash dead and lovely. Head on over there. Become a patron on any level. You get access to our Patreon exclusive episodes. Um, Going to be releasing a uh, Treehouse of Horror episode that uh, Emily and I recorded. Treehouse of Horror 2. So uh, that'll be out on Friday. And then uh, um, also, if you become a patron on a $5 level, you get to submit a movie to the Smoking Bowl. And then we uh, throw that movie into the Smoking Bowl. And we pull a movie out of the Smoking Bowl. And then we cover the movie. And we pull out the Smoking Bowl. We're going to be doing mm-hmm. it, uh, not next week, but the week after. So head on over there, get your movie in the bowl, and we might be covering it soon. That's right. That's right. In the meantime, next week, we're going to be having ourselves a little little spring fling. It uh-huh. was my, my wife's idea that we should do something uh-huh. a little spring breaky. I'm you know? So we're <laughs> going to dig ourselves into some some English folklore horror, aren't we? Right. Yeah. Little bit of Wicker Man coming at you. The OG, not the Nicolas Cage, though we will eventually do the Nicolas Cage because there's a lot to be talked about there. Uh, But the OG, the fucking English folk horror is something we have yet to get into, I think. So I'm excited to talk about that. I know that somewhere... Off in the UK, uh-huh. Kev Bickerdyke's big toe just <laughs> shot up in his boot, didn't it? I hope so. Didn't it? Hey, Kev. How's that big toe How's doing? that big toe in your boot doing, huh? Right. Is it shooting up? I hope so. I hope so. <laughs> I bet it's both of them. I bet both Ooh. of them. Like, he, he's going to hit us up and be like, y'all owe me some new boots because it plumb shot up through the boot. <laughs> you know? Let's, you know what? We'll cover those boots. I get it. <laughs> Yeah, we'll, we'll we'll cover the boots. It's worth it in the long run. So, totally. Yeah, be sure to tune in for the next episode of Dead and Lovely, where I will continue to be Uncle Ben. As and far as I know. will be a secret second person that I have yet to reveal. Secret Steve. Secret Steve. Ooh. He talks like this. He talks with vibrato. <laughs> That's how you have secrets in the vibrato. Or our ghost. <laughs> 
Anyway. Ooh. All right. We'll catch Bye. up with you guys then. Bye. Man, I woke up the other morning and I don't know if, you know, you know that like waking up time where your brain's still kind of acting in dream world and. Oh, dude, you mean me until like 2 p.m. every day. Yes. (laughs) Yes, exactly. I woke up and for some reason, my head said to me, Mario's real name is Larry Linguini. Larry Linguini. Yep. Alias Mario. Mario. <laughs> it's me. What? Larry Linguini. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that does kind of like remind me of uh, a thing I saw the other day that apparently in, I think it's in Japan. Uh-huh. The, uh, oh shit, what are they called? Jersey Shore? Like that show over mm-hmm. there in Japan is called Macaroni Rascals. <laughs> <laughs> Which delights me endlessly. (laughs) Yeah. Macaroni rascals. That's the best thing I've heard all day. What? Macaroni rascals? Jesus. Oh, Polly D, you macaroni rascal. (laughs) No, when I just said it, it sounded like a slur. (laughs) Yeah, well, you know, you know. <laughs> yeah, I think old Mario Mario, he's probably one of them macaroni rascals, if I'm not mistaken. Mario Mario, uh, aka Larry Linguini, is definitely a macaroni rascal. So, since Luigi is his brother, uh huh, what is his name? And also, if he Luigi marries Mario. Princess Peach, is she, is she uh, Peach Linguini? <laughs> Wait, okay, so yeah, Luigi, Luigi Mario must also be. An alias, and yes, Peach Linguini. Yeah, because like she's not gonna go by his stage name, you know. No, of Mario Mario. <laughs> she's gonna, she's gonna be Mrs. Linguini. <laughs> <laughs>